Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. is up happy monday friends that is Derek gunn i am rob ellis gunner man let's say hi to our friends tyrone ward what is up tyrone what's up fitness rebel yes i stayed up as well to gunner to watch that that crazy saturday night wait 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 wait. hold up hold up before you continue uh before you continue extending hellos did i just hear you say you stayed up and watched the entire colorado state game i did you mr i get to bed by 11 p.m and put my stocking cap on rob ellis Yes, I was still up bright and early playing pickleball yesterday, but I stayed up late Saturday. Yes, that is that correct. That game was flat out riveting. It riveting. was awesome. It was awesome. Yes. What's up, Man Bar? What's up, Father Sean? What's up, A1 Media? What's up, Mike? What's up, Chip Snapper? What is up, Jim G? What is up, James Jones? What's up, friends? What's up, Chris D, our girl? Uh, hope everybody's doing well out there. Uh, yeah, it was uh, – that game was nuts. That game was chippy. Fitness Rebel, by the way, was more than on time today, ready to roll. Uh, just to point it out, Mr. Taz. Uh, yeah, it, it was we chippy, Mr. Taz. You're right. Colorado State played a little dirty. Uh, it's That's a nice little rival rivalry that's uh, – although yeah. they're going to be splitting up conferences, unfortunately. But well, it, cons- it, it, considering that um, even as bad as Colorado had been, they had won the last six in a row. Yes. Um, and they hadn't played, you know, I thought it was just an annual game. They hadn't played since like 2019, 2000. How, how is that, by the way? That They should play. That's every a given. Game. Yeah, come on. But let me tell you something. This kid, Shadur Sanders, I'm telling you, Rob, when he decides to come out, he's going to be one of the top two quarterbacks taken in a draft. His arm strength, his accuracy, his yep. ability to scramble and buy time, his ability to read defenses – you know, they may start off slow, but once he picks it up, and I love after the game, he talked about how he talks to Tom Brady every week. And somebody asked him, what were you thinking when you guys had to start that drive at the two-yard line? He said, I'm thinking it's Tom Brady time. He said, if Tom Brady can do it, why can't I? That's right. I'm like, unbelievable. Well, that's that. The Dion's had him talking to Tom Brady for, for years now since he was in high school. Very, very smartly. Uh, what's up, Kevin? Appreciate the, the kind words. What's up, Dave? 
Yeah. Yeah. You guys all forgot about the biggest game of the week, right? Uh, Sills and I haven't forgot. It's Temple Miami week. Okay, Uh-oh. people. Uh-oh. Let's go right now. All right. Anyway. Uh oh. Um, what's up? What's up, everybody? No, but that was uh, that was great. We're actually going to get into that in, in a little bit. That game. That game was personal. It was awesome. It was fun. It was fun to oh, watch. That's for sure. Uh, we had a unique view yesterday, Derek. It was one of those deals where the Eagles weren't playing, right? They had already gotten their game out of the way. They had already won, which makes it even more. I think what it does is it'll, it relaxes you a little bit more. Like if, if the Eagles had lost Thursday, yeah, you're sitting yeah. there, you're still going over the game in your head. You're, you're looking at what other teams are doing and sure. having a win, even though it wasn't, you know, maybe a work of art, I think allows you to just sit back at, at, at a real different way either analytically or just chilling as a fan watching the games yesterday. You know, what what few what games I did get to see, I'm watching as a fan. It's, it's weird. Uh, usually when I watch games, I'm analyzing as I watch, you know, yeah. strengths and weaknesses. I watched the games, p- bits and pieces of a game. I didn't get to see an entire game until uh, the Sunday night game. Uh, but I watched enough of the Dallas and Jets to get a feel for that game. But – in this case, I watched games as a fan first and then went back later at night and started looking at stats and stuff and then analyzing strengths and weaknesses. Uh, normally, I'm doing both at the same time, but this one, I just let my let my hair down, so to speak, with little I have left and, and just watch the games as a fan. Yeah, yeah. And it, w- it was fun to watch because, you know, what you do is you keep a very close eye um, on the NFC East, I think, on the NFC in general, right? And, and you had it... It was a lot of four o'clock action from the NFC. Cowboys, Washington, that game became nuts. The Giants game was pretty crazy, too. I mean, you never felt like Dallas was really threatened in that game. Uh, You always felt like they had control. The other two games were wild. I mean, the Giants game with the Cardinals was nuts. And then (laughs) Washington looks like they're going to be run out of the building. Then they go on a tear. And then Denver comes back with the Hail Mary. I mean, those games were crazy. Um, let's put it like this. Let's start with Sam Howell. Okay. You know, we, we chuckled all summer. Like, who is this Sam Howell kid? Yeah. You know, do they honestly think they can win with this kid? Here's what I saw from Sam Howell. Athletic, accurate arm, strong arm. And that's all you need. Those are the intangibles you need from a young – blossoming quarterback um and, and he's being well coached uh, and he's being well coached the enemy yeah I, I yeah I thought he did a really good job yesterday you know he didn't he the first week he had a couple turnovers and he, yeah. and he said I gotta clean that up uh, he was very efficient you know 27 for 39 almost 300 yards he was at 299 you know he wasn't he wasn't ripping it down the field but still I mean two touchdowns he you know, he's got I, – I would say, like, at least one of those sacks was on him, but he had a nice passer rating. Complete. Yeah. I thought he, yeah, I thought he played a good game. I did. Um, yeah, he, he can run a little bit. He can yeah. scramble. He can throw on the run. Um, but, man, the, Washington may have something here mm-hmm. with this kid. <clears throat> this kid might save Ron Rivera's job and save face of, of, of Commander's Nation this season. Now yeah. I'm not about this. I'm not about to say that they're a Super Bowl contender or, or going deep into the playoff contender. But if this kid stays true to course, um, the hands of their quarterbacks, their their quarterback situation is in good hands for years to come. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. Look, we thought the NFC East was going to be good. 
So far, you have three two and O teams and a yep. one and one team. Yep. So you know, so far it's kind of lived up to what we thought it was going to be. But yeah, I mean that game, that game was interesting. So Washington's down twenty one to three in that game, Derek. Yep. They take a 35-24 lead on a 32 to 3 run. That's yep. that's like an NBA <laughs> you know, kind of run yeah. unanswered. And then I'll tell you what, Russell Wilson makes a heck of a throw on the helmet. Oh He's got guys bearing down on him. He gets drilled and he still gets just enough where what did it get to about the three or the five? About, and then about, it gets it batted up. Yeah. yeah, about the five. Yeah. Okay. And it gets batted up, and, and you're like, oh my God. And then here's where they dodged a bullet. That was clearly pass interference on the two-point conversion. Washington got away with one in a big way on that two-point conversion. That was that should have been a flag. I, I felt like we were going overtime on that one. That dude, that dude, DB was riding the receivers back like he was a Brahma bull. <laughs> I cannot believe. Usually, that's an automatic home uh, a call for the home team. <clears throat> I cannot believe the referees missed that. Yeah. I'm shocked they they missed that and let that one go. But that was an old school mugging right there. It was. All right, let me jump in here with a little breaking news Eagles-wise. So they have signed Braden Mann uh, to the practice squad, and they have released Aaron Sipos. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh. Sipos released. Braden Mann comes over from the – he was with the Jets his first three years. Then he went to Pittsburgh, got cut – from Pittsburgh's active roster and the Eagles just signed him today and they just made the move. So Braden man is in Aaron Sip. You know, it's ironic. And look, I'm not going to sit here and defend Aaron Sipos, right? He was actually okay. I thought through the first two games, he was better than what he had been, which is the ironic part, but yes, it was time for a change. I am extremely disappointed that Sipos is gone. (laughs) Because it is now nose t- is growing, Pinocchio. Now, no, no, no. Here's why: it has now taken away my one caveat that gets under your skin. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, you know how I love to antagonize you. Maybe they re-sign him to the practice squad. Maybe that's heck maybe no. they Oh heck no, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, well, you know what? Fitness Rebels, right? Yeah, he better be able to hold for Elliot. Yeah, we, we don't want to mess with Jake Elliott's uh, mojo, man. That, that's the thing we don't want to do. Uh, but yes, Braden Mann uh, is in. Aaron Sipos is out as we head. Uh, we are a week away from the Eagles' next game against the Tampa Bay Bucks. By the way, we will get to the Bucks uh, and what they're doing because they're off to a good start, two and zero so far. And Derek, you, you know, you're getting good. You're getting good Baker right now which is dangerous yes. when you get good Baker. Yes. yes. Baker Mayfield can scramble and buy time. Yeah. He's he's more athletic than the first two quarterbacks the Eagles have faced. Yes. And, and and I've said this many, many times about a Baker Mayfield. When he is on, he is very good when he's on, using his overall athleticism to scramble by time, throwing on a run. When he is bad, he's an either-or quarterback. There's no gray area with this guy. Yeah. When he's going bad, he just keeps spiraling downward. Mm-hmm. And right now, you're like you just said, you're seeing good Baker. Um, their defense, as I said, is playing on point, making plays. They're, they're, they're very good. Uh, uh, Todd, Todd Ball's defense is a very good defense when they're healthy. Um, offensively, you know, Mike Evans is on a mission. Hey, Tampa didn't sign me to a long-term deal. Okay, I'm not going to make any waves. I'm just going to go out in a blaze of glory, nine seasons, 
and we'll see what happens at the end of the year. If not, I'll say my goodbyes. But then again, Tampa could franchise them and check them off next year and then, of course, come up to an agreement when they decide. But yeah. right now, they're getting good play from the defense and Mike Evans. Yeah, they are. They are for sure. We'll get more into them in a minute. But all right, so Washington wins. Uh, they survived week one against Arizona. What the heck? <laughs> that's Aaron Sipos. He, he, he's wondering if he could stay at your place, Derek. That, that, that's, that's what he's looking to do. He's looking for some free barbecue and a shout on the show as he says his, says his he goodbye. He to grill him some things on his way back to Australia. No. Um, all right, so they end up winning. Washington wins. Now, the, the other things that, that were interesting here, we'll get to the Cowboys in a minute. Let, let's go to the yep. Giants because, Derek, this looked like, you know, Arizona jumps them early and you're thinking, oh, my God, like it, have, have the Giants just taken like 10 steps backwards? I mean, yeah. when they were down big early, they were being outscored like like 67 to nothing on, on oh their season. Goodness. But here I will give them credit. They, they fought back big time. And Daniel Jones looked good. Saquon, uh, Jalen Hyatt, they did fight back strong and ended up winning that thing. It, they needed it. You, know, you don't want to dig. Very few teams could dig the 0-2 hole and, and fight back. Um, the Giants took six-plus quarters to score a touchdown. Yeah. But once they found the end zone, man, it was like it was like a feeding frenzy. You couldn't keep them out of the end zone after that. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking up this kid, Jalen Hyatt, all summer. He had two catches uh, for 89 yards. And he has that big play capability, and he showed it in, in this game. Um, now that they've, they they've seem to have gotten it right in a little more than a quarter plus, what are they going to look like without Saquon in there? Now, the Giants have a short turnaround Thursday. They're in San Francisco, which is a, not a good spot for them to be without Saquon. That's a major problem. That, that would have been a problem anyway. It's especially a problem. I can't imagine. I mean, the way he hobbled off. Yeah. Uh, the, the initial report was they don't think it's a high ankle. I, I don't know. He's getting an MRI today, and we'll find out a little bit, you know, more. It doesn't look good for Thursday. I can tell you that. No, no, heck no. Not against that defense. No. And, and if there, if he's even if he's seventy thirty, I'm not playing him against that 49ers defense. I mean, there's too much football to be played. Yeah. As much as you want him on the field, and, and the way he hobbled off. And the frust- the look of frustration on his face um, for a guy who's had severe injuries in his young career, I'm not taking that risk. I no. need him for bigger games, divisional games, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's that's not a good spot. But if but if the Giants indeed, if if Dabo's crew is finally getting it based on that last quarter plus against Arizona, um, it should be a closer game. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination they're going into San Francisco and beating San Francisco, not with all the talent the Niners have on that team. But I do think it'll be a more competitive game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. look, uh, and some of this was credit to the Rams and Sean McVay, but, you know, I, I, San Francisco had a hard time with the Rams. The Rams, you know, hung in there with them. Um, so I, I don't, you know, and Purdy missed a lot of wide open receivers and a lot of yep. deep shots in, yep. in that game. So, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't count the Giants out, but I don't think it, I, 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 that feels like a San Francisco kind of spot for me. I, but back to the Giants here, I, I'll give yeah. Jones credit. I mean, I thought he did a nice job in that game, uh, bringing them back, not giving up. They didn't have a ton of a, you know, much of a running game, but he did a no. good job connecting with Hyatt. Uh, Waller had a, had a pretty good game, um, you know, for the most part. And the defense, 
you know, I tightened up for sure after the way things were going early for New York. But that's the Daniel Jones I expected to see. Athletic, short passing game, you know, keep the chains moving. That's what I expected him to see out of the gate. Um, Obviously, it's taken him a little while to get get on board with this Jalen Hyatt kid. Uh, but but they dinked and dunked their way down the field, spread the wealth. And that's how I expect that Giants offense to flourish. Defensively, I'm a little surprised at how porous their defense is. The Wink Martindale defense has been in two games. Yeah. I thought they would be stouter than what they've been. Mm-hmm. Um, no sacks, Derek. No sacks. No, no. And I know they've had some injuries, and I know they're nicked up on defense, but I thought they would be just a little stouter, a little bit more opportunistic. Um, and, and, and apply a little bit more pressure, especially against Joshua Dobbs, who, by the way, takes off and runs and freight trains a safety coming up oh. trying to tackle him at the goal line. I mean, I felt that all the way here on the mm-hmm. East Coast. You know, um, you know, Joshua Dobbs is a habitual uh, journeyman in the yeah. NFL. He's found a temporary spot for himself until Kyler Murray is healthy. But he's played decent. Unfortunately, as we've talked about all summer, Cardinals don't have much of anything. No. You know? And the look on and the look on Jonathan Gannon's face as that game starts to unravel. They take the, he's like just in a state of shock at how this thing is unraveling on him. Yeah. Um, but now, Rob, you know, we said maybe four wins for Arizona. I don't know if they're gonna win four games, to be honest. Uh yeah. I, it felt like this was gonna be the although they they played close games the first two weeks, right? With with Washington and now New York. Yeah, you just look at it. There's an overall dearth of talent i mean james connor is a, is a real nice power running back and, and what an unbelievable story he is zach Ertz, i thought played pretty decent yesterday for them yeah. um you know marquise brown they they have a couple guys but man they're just there's very little star power on either side yeah. of the ball yeah. i yeah it's gonna be tough and especially it's gonna be tough as the season goes on and they just start accumulating more losses where the where you're just beat down as a player you're like uh we're zero and four. We're we're two and eight. Like how how do you just just get up for games? I'd be surprised if they don't trade away you know Ertz and a couple guys before the trade deadline too. I'd be really surprised it's, by that. It's, it's a shame that Ertz has to end his career like this. I mean, I know. Ertz is one of my all time favorite Eagles players. Such a good dude, you know. Yeah. Um. And and even if they even if they don't win a lot, you just want to see. I would love to see him just get to the playoffs. One final, one final swan song because he knows he's almost at the end of his career. Yeah. Unfortunately, right now he's in the death valley of the NFL. <laughs> it's bad. It's a it's good bad. way to put it. It's a good way to put it. All right. So let's look at what the Cowboys did. So they they beat the Jets. We know they were they were without Aaron Rodgers, which is a bummer because that game that was set up so nicely to just be one of those you just settle in and and watch. And Zach Wilson had three interceptions. Um, you know the Jets kind of hung around in in the game. But ultimately, I, I really honestly didn't feel like they were threatened, were the Cowboys. Um, but what stands out, a couple things. One, let's talk about Micah Parsons. I mean, Good two Lord. sacks, three tackles for losses, four tackles altogether, four quarterback hits, a pass defense, a forced fumble, a fumble <clears throat> recovery. Like, it was all on full display yesterday, Derek, the, the, the just wrecking ball that he is. And that's why when it's his time, he will be the highest paid linebacker in the game, you know. Yep. This young man is, is unbelievable. Now, you know, we could say last year in the two games against the Eagles, he didn't do a whole lot. But in terms of just overall ability, um, my goodness, this dude is a one-man wrecking crew. And he moves up and down the line. He's not on one side. He's all over the place. He'll start on one side. He loops back around, tacks from the outside. 
it doesn't make a difference. He's all over the place. Um, I, I will pose this question to you, Mr. Ellis. Yes. As we sit here right now after week two of the NFL, is Dallas the best defense in the NFL right now? Um, yes. Yes. Uh, I thought – I thought San Francisco was going in. It's only two games, but if you're asking me through two games, Dallas's defense has looked more impressive than San Francisco's. Um, I really because agree. here's here's why. They get after the quarterback. They create turnovers, um, both from a from a linebacker standpoint, defensive line standpoint, and secondary standpoint. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to say Dallas. Look, I, I think of. If you look at everybody that's played so far, Miami's been pretty impressive. Uh, I'm just talking overall, but I think Dallas is probably through two weeks the most impressive team I've seen, you know, altogether. Now we now we keep now we 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 have to take into consideration they beat the city of New York seventy to ten yeah. in back to back weeks. Yep. They they steamrolled a Jets team with no Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they steam, they steamrolled a discombobulated Giants team coming out of the gate. Yeah, they have not been truly tested by a top tier team right now. But you know what? You you play who's on your schedule. That's it. Yep. Bottom yep. line. If if they had been much closer games, we would be sitting here saying, you know, this vaunted Cowboys defense is mediocre. But they've they've taken advantage of two inferior opponents, like well beyond our expectations. You know, um, and offensively. Yeah. They had a lot more success against the Jets' defense than I thought they would. You know, right? That's the thing. The Jets weren't compromised on that side of the ball. No, no. Now Dak almost threw a pick six. Um, Sauce Gardner Sauce. dropped him along the sideline, but yeah. uh, t- uh, you know, statistically, Dak has not turned the ball over yet. Mm-hmm. They've been efficient in the passing game. The running game's been okay. Been all right. I mean, Pollard yeah. wasn't great yesterday. He yeah. was under three yards per carry. Well, I mean, he's playing that Jets defensive front. I don't know many running backs are going to run for more than three or four yards to carry yeah. that Jets that's, front. That's but, that's you know, right. you're right. The running game was just enough um, was just enough to, to offset the passing game. Yeah. You know. um, defensively, the Cowboys are big in a defensive tackle position, and they're fast, fast, just like last year, yep. fast coming off the edges. Um, and and, and um, right now – Again, Trayvon Diggs hasn't played anybody yet. hasn't hasn't given up the big plays like he's accustomed to giving up. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore has been the stabilizing force on the other side of that defense. That was a big addition. I do want to see them against a prolific passing team, a team that can throw. Yeah, just to get an idea, because you know, let's face it, you face Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones, who's okay. The Giants were just just trucked in that game. Yes. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, CD Lamb was really excellent yesterday. Uh, no surprise um, there, and they didn't have Brandon Cooks, you know. And yet, yeah. so that's another piece of this thing. So, yeah. yeah, I think they've looked very good. I mean, there's no denying it. And and you know, if you look at um, you know what the Cowboys have coming up here after that two and zero start, I mean, they're going to be three and zero. Yeah, they're, they're facing Arizona. At, at, they go to Arizona this week. Oh geez. Yeah, they're gonna be three and zero. I mean that that's a lock. They're three and zero. I feel real good again. Huh? Another practice game. Right, it is. And then I feel real good about their chances at home against New England. I agree. I think they're four and zero. Now the test is going to be Week Five. They go to San Fran. That's the Sunday night game. That's going to be a monster. That's a, that's, that's a, a get one. your popcorn ready game. Yeah, it is. Yep. You know. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but they will have they will have three weeks uh, to perfect their craft against practice squads, uh, practice squad teams. And that's not a knock against the Jets. The Jets, Jets just don't have a quarterback. You know, that's that's the big problem with the Jets. And I don't I don't you know, I don't see Zach Wilson. Yeah, I don't care what Robert Sala says now. Um, I have a feeling that the Jets are behind closed doors looking at their options of who to bring in. Yeah, so he can't handle a blitz at all, no. at all. He doesn't read it well. He doesn't hit the hot man. He doesn't he, – He has his numbers against the blitz are awful. They can spin at any – and, and, and Sala was up there like spinning plates. You, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. oh, they yeah. can spin it any way they want to spin it. He's not the answer. No. If you get somebody in there who's competent, I'm not saying great, you could sneak into the playoffs maybe because the defense is that good. But he is not the answer at all. He's he a total one, bust. Yeah, he had one decent throw against the Blitz. He hit Garrett Wilson over the middle who took it to the house for a touchdown. Yeah. Outside of that, no, he still gets rattled under under Blitz situations. And they can't they can't go this far. I mean, think about how demoralizing this is this is for the Jets right now. No matter how they try to save face, they understand the dilemma they're in right now. They have everything you need on both sides of the ball, running back, wide receivers, defense, to go deep into this season and all of a sudden 75 seconds into the new season the future hall of famer is gone and now you're scrambling yeah. and everybody's saying all the right things all the positive things if i'm garrett wilson i got to be thinking i should easily be a thousand yard seat receiver i'll be lucky to get 800 yards this year well I, if you notice too and i love him but he he is not afraid to show his frustration when he feels yeah. like he's open and wilson doesn't hit him Excuse me. There were a couple incidents yesterday. One, he was in the end zone, uh, sort of by the front, by the pylon, and he was wide open. And and he, they, they, you looked at the replay, and he's kind of jumping up and down. He's going, he's like throwing his hands, like ah. There's gonna be way more of that. I mean, we're already getting that in week two. What's it gonna look like? Yeah. You know, week eight if he's still the quarterback. Yeah. All right. So uh, Nick Sirianni has confirmed it's a torn pec uh, for Avante Maddox. Yeah. Uh, um, well, semi-confirmed, but he said that they're happy with their in-house options in terms of the replacement uh, for him. Okay, kind really? where we are. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. They're happy with their in-house options. Yeah. Their in-house options entail a lot of youth. Okay? Yes, they sure do. Yep. And when you are about to go up against the likes of, of, uh, of the Cowboys – the the, the the chiefs the bills um that's that's nice to hear today i don't see that being the case down the road and these young kids are hungry they're athletic energetic but as we saw the last game there's a communication element and assignment element that has to be worked out and the only way you work that out is in game situations and in game situations is where it could cost you because when you're playing the best of the best of these receivers and these coordinators are going to figure out where your weak spots are. That's going to make these games a lot closer than they should be. Yeah. With these yeah. young kids. I, now, I agree with you. I want to see you – know, we keep talking about Sidney Brown. I want to see uh, Eli Ricks play. Now, he may, be, he may be elevated next. I want to see him play. But as fast as he is, as good as he is, he's going to go through some growing pains. There's no question about it. He's going to make mistakes. You know, everything he saw in the preseason was vanilla against twos and threes. 
Now he's going up against the best of the best, who are the best route runners in the game, speed on top of speed, you know, and quarterbacks that can deliver the goods. Um, I, I still believe how he's behind closed doors looking at all his options out there. Who, What veterans are available? Do we need to make a trade? As I said right now, the Eagles have 12 or 13 draft picks uh, for next year's draft. I don't see the Eagles drafting 13 players next year. I, I think if the trend continues, players falling by the wayside, they're going to try to package some of these picks, these middle to lower round picks, and get a veteran presence in here of some kind. Yeah. It has to. I agree with you. I, I, I think that and, – and we know that um, – that, that Howie will figure out a way to do it under the cap too, you know, with getting somebody in here. I just don't, I think you're asking a lot. Like I, I think they'll look better this week against Tampa because you'll have 11 days to coach them up and, and you know, Hey, you, you guys are playing. We know that you're not just being thrown into the fire and, and all that's good. Right. But the question yeah. is, is it going to be good enough? You're going to get a real test this week, Derek. I mean, Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin are, are legit. So, you know, we're and their their tight end had a pretty good game. Cade yeah, Otten, yeah, he, he wasn't did. bad. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree, Rob. You, luckily for the Eagles, you get extended time to to pour over the game feel for these young film for these young guys and um to work on certain things this week to get ready for what's to come. But you know, Tampa's after watching the Eagles, especially Eagles run defense in the middle of that defense, you know Tampa Bay's gonna throw some things at these young guys that they're not expecting. Every team does it every week. How will they respond? And, and hopefully it won't hit them for big plays. Right. Yeah, that's going to be huge. That's going to be huge. And that's, you know, again, this is where we're also going to find out a little bit uh, about Sean Desai. You know, how much are you able to coach these guys up and get them ready uh, in, in a, you know, in a short period of time who, who don't have a whole lot of experience. So, exactly. yeah, that's something to watch. You know, that's for sure. Um, yeah, all right. So, again, you know, you talk about the Eagles, Dallas, and the Commanders all two and zero, and the Giants at one and one after this weekend. All right, let, let's come back and uh, one o'clock. Mike Quick is going to join us, Eagles color analyst, mm-hmm. uh, who does an unbelievable job on the radio on WIP with Merrill Reese, and of course was a great receiver for the team. We'll talk to him about the team's passing woes, some of the good, some of the bad, how much you're concerned uh, with the injuries, et cetera. Brian Johnson's acclimation to being the offensive coordinator. So we'll do all that with Mike coming up at one. We get back. Let, let's dig a little bit deeper into this Bucks team too, Derek. And we'll continue to talk Eagles. Nick Sirianni speaking now. Uh, and we'll pass along anything that he has to say. One of the things I did think was interesting, Derek, and, and this is this is something I like uh, about Nick. He said, I, I blew it when I didn't go for two when we went up 12 in, in the game on Sunday mm-hmm. night. I appreciate that he's willing to, you know, say things like that there was they went up 12 a little more than four minutes to go he said i should have i made a mistake that's on me that right. won't happen again so i thought that was interesting so we'll do all of that when we come back don't go anywhere that's Derek gun hold on I, rob uh tone, tone just told us he's having computer issues so all right let's uh, keep going then. that's right yeah, we gotta keep going yep we, we don't need to take a timeout um so let's talk about the bucks all right so they end up beating the bears Derek, 27 17 they're they're off to a 2-0 start um thus far so um, six sacks. Here's the thing about the six sacks. I will just say this, and I'm taking nothing away from Tampa's defense, who I think is good. Four of those sacks, uh, the, at least four, that occurred yesterday, the ball was held for more than four seconds by Justin Fields. Jeez. I don't care 
<laughs> who it is. If you're a, you have a quarterback holding the ball that long, odds are in the NFL they're yes. going to get to the quarterback. Yes. Okay. Yes. So understand that when you see the sack total anyway. And and I think Fields has like eight sacks that, that he held the ball for more than four. He he looks very lost. Chicago's got to figure that out. That's a big problem. Big problem. But you know that that's for for another time. We'll get into that later. And, and, and Tampa Bay has an outstanding trio of linebackers in Levante Davis, Shaq Barrett, um, and Devin White. Yeah. You know, and they have they have one of the best corner safety combinations in Antoine Winfield and Car- Carlton Davis, although, although Davis has been out. Yep. But, you know, they've, they've got some talent on the back end of that defense as well. Yeah. You know, Ryan Neal is not a safety who gets a lot of notoriety nationally, but he's a really solid safety, strong safety for Tampa. Yep. And then, you know, say what you want to say about Todd Bowles as a head coach. Todd Bowles is one heck of a defensive coordinator also, you know, and yeah. his defense presents problems. They, they present scheme problems. So what is Todd Bowles doing right now? He's watched what Bill Belichick did, what Brian Flores did. Yep. He's going to extract things from their success against his Eagles defense and he's going to add it to what he already does. He loves that Tampa 2 defense, um, and he's going to add some wrinkles into that defense. This is a game with extended time off where we need to see this off- Eagles offense assert itself against a good defensive competitor, you know, because you know what's going to happen, Rob. If we come out of a Monday night's game and and the Eagles offense is still struggling, we still have questions about, you know, um, Jalen Hurts not being as fluid as we all expected him to be, Right. You know, that's when the question marks intensify after three games, you know, and, and I think especially with the way DeAndre Swift is running the football, it's going to be a good test for them to try to run the football against Tampa's defense also. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, you know, you're talking about a really, as you mentioned, good defensive front that they have. Um, I, I just mentioned this is going to be a true test for Desai. It, it is. But how about the test that we're looking at for Brian Johnson? Uh, you know, how much. Yeah. Is he able to correct here in the in Nick Sirianni? How much are they able to correct in these eleven days to make this team more complete? You know, right now they're one dimensional. There, there isn't, although the Eagles hit a couple deep shots. You know, to Devontae yes. Smith, it's clear that the passing game isn't where it needs to be right now. So, yes. um, you know that that's a big, big piece of this thing. Is what can you get? How do you get this thing going? How do you get Jalen in a comfort zone? It just seems like. Whether it's the RPOs, if if Jalen keeps it, or if he's throwing, either he looks hesitant. Uh, the offensive line maybe isn't blocking it up the way that they did last year. Um, you know, it's just it's it's off. It's off. They're not in sync. And you know, you you expect it maybe some rust early through through the first two games because you don't have much of a preseason with these guys on the field in real game situations. You have the joint practices, but it's got to be better. Like to me. I'm willing to chalk up the first two weeks to it was Belichick. It was the first two weeks, all that kind of stuff. You know, and I know Tampa's defense is good, but here we are. You're in week three and you're coming off a mini buy. The offense has to start looking like it looked last year. Jalen has to start getting into some kind of rhythm here. Well, I also think a part of it has been that these teams have had a full offseason to study this Eagles offense. Yes. Even though the Eagles offense is not, it was not first on everybody's schedule like it was New England's. But you still have to look at it because it was one of the most potent offenses in the NFL. So while they were, as you get closer to the regular season, you're holding, honing in on your first opponent. These coaches have sat down and looked at this Eagles offense in terms of what they do. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Because it is such a copycat league, you're going to see more of this. 
and it's on the Eagles' part, especially Brian Johnson, because each and every week that it's, it's it's inconsistent the way it has been, he becomes even more magnified under the microscope, and more and more questions are presented to Nick Sirianni about why is it not as fluid, to the point where I think if it continues like that, we're going to get an announcement that Sirianni will now take over play call. Okay, even though he doesn't want to do that. Um, the bottom line is you win any way you can. But let's face it, Rob, the Eagles have six – they got six turnovers in two games which were directly responsible to their success. Yeah. I mean, they got two scores early in the game off the Patriots. You know, Justin Jefferson fumbles the ball through the end zone. A big punt return against Minnesota, you know, they, they cough it up. You know, naming the game is, is take advantage of what you can and, and, uh, and capitalize on it. And that's what the Eagles have done the first two games. Yeah, but, I agree. I, right. Yeah. And I, I think there, there's some, look, I, you got to win them any way you can win them in this league. It, I mean, it, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Like it, sometimes it's survival and you got to just, just get by any way you can get by. And they were, they've been able to do that. And there's, there's something to having, having that winning uh, DNA that the Eagles have, because it's not always going to be pretty. Sometimes you just right. got to slug it out and, right you know, like you did on the ground, like you did in new England where you just got an, enough to, to get the win. Um, yeah. I mean, look with, with this, this Tampa team, Derek. So uh, Evans has six catches, 171 yards. That's almost 29 yards per catch Jeez. and a touchdown. Godwin goes six for 58 uh, on the day. They actually had a little bit of balance as opposed to week one where they didn't run the ball well at all. Rashad white, the, the rookie, he was, he was okay, 17 for 73. That's more than four yards per carry in a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, you'll take that, and they ran for a buck 20 in the game. So they got a little bit, and they had two picks uh, in the game against the Bears. Granted, it's if, the Bears. If, it's if, they, if they get that against the Eagles' defensive front, it's going to balance out their overall uh, attack, yeah. which means you're going to have to bring somebody up and try to cheat, which means Godwin and Evans are going to get one-on-one. Plus – Mike Evans is 6'5", about 225. He's a problem to begin with. Yes. I don't care who's on him. Well, nine straight 1,000-yard seasons. Yes. I mean. That's all you need to know. And look at how many different quarterbacks he's played with. You know, so he's just that He's just that good. He's a matchup nightmare. Mm-hmm. Can you neutralize him? Even if he gets a buck 30, buck 50, whatever the case may be, can you neutralize Godwin on the other side enough to, to keep the game from being close? I don't know, but if Tampa Bay can run the ball, they're not a great running team. But if they if they're averaging four yards a carry against this Eagles defense, that's not good because they're yeah. moving the chains and keeping the Eagles offense off the field. I don't see it though. I don't see it. Like oh, I, yeah. I, I think, I think you can make them one dimensional. I don't think their running attack is so good that they're going to be able to run on this defensive line. I think that's going to be one of the keys: is make them one dimensional. Yeah. Get get Baker a little flustered. When you do, he will commit turn, turnovers. Look, when he gets on a roll, he can. He can be an effective quarterback, and he's he's in a good mode right now. But he hasn't faced this team yet. He hasn't faced this defense yet. Now the thing is, too, but Mayfield Mayfield can scramble better than the first two quarterbacks, Mac Jones and, and, and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and when he has that ability to scramble, he's he's pretty he's pretty he's much pretty much a pain in the butt. Oh sure. Yeah, you know, he might he may serve you up uh, an INT every now and then, but if he gets outside the pocket, that's a problem. That's a problem because he will step up and run when he has to, and he can throw on a move also. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and look, he, you know, there's a lot that goes into this. You know, he was written off. He was an afterthought. Yeah. You know, and we all, we all wrote, wrote Tampa off as well as just, 
you know, they're, they're not a real contender in the a- NFC South. And, no, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they, maybe they have to be taken a little bit more serious because it's not a great division. I mean, yeah, New Orleans, we'll see how they do tonight. We'll get in that game in a little bit. They, they're part of the doubleheader tonight. Um, you know, Atlanta, I, I watched a lot of them yesterday. They were the early game against, you know, your, your Packers. I didn't think yeah. they looked stellar. That's a, that's a winnable division. Like Tampa's not out of it for that division. Oh, absolutely not. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing New Orleans um, play tonight um, to get a, a closer look at what they look like, especially without Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're singing the praises of Derek Carr down there and what he's been doing with that offense. Obviously, it's a one-game sample. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I still I still say New Orleans is the best of the best in that division, uh, just based on overall talent. You know, you mentioned you mentioned the the Green Bay um, Falcons game. Yeah. Uh, for as much money as as um, the the Falcons spent on defense, I was a little surprised they gave up some touchdowns to a bunch of young kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, let's face it. I think. All right, Rob, I'm going to say it. I think Jordan Love's a little bit better than I thought he would be in his first two games. I like him, Derek. Throws a lot of poise in the pocket, accurate arm. Yeah. Um, the play that cost Green Bay. They had a fourth and one. They were going to quarterback sneak it. The center doesn't hike the ball. Ugh. That was the difference in the game yesterday. I'm telling you. If Green that Bay was... skips up that yeah. first down. They go down and at least get three. Yep. Game's over. That was a killer. That was. It was. That was a that was a big time, big time play in that game. And, and it's the little things. It's the kind of stuff you see a lot of times early in the year. And you know, I, I didn't think Jordan Love lit the world on fire, but yeah. he, he he did enough. Um, you know, for sure. And, and Ritter, you know, Ritter was solid. He had the one pick. Um, they had some sloppiness too, you know. And Bijan, you know, Bijan's for real. Yeah, Bijan's oh for goodness. real. Oh yeah. my goodness! You know, normally the, the edict is you don't draft a running back that high. Now this young man's career, if they keep running him as much as they do, I mean, they had 48, 45, 48 carries for two hundred eleven yards against the Packers defense. Again, what did I tell you? Yeah. Biggest problem in the Packers defense, they cannot stop the run. Mm-hmm. It's already rearing its ugly head. Yep. If they run this kid that much, his career might be over in five years. But watching him now, he is everything that he was built to be coming out of college, man. Not only strong, but, man, his ability to make people miss, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, he's exactly he's deadly they, in the open field. Oh, my goodness. He's exactly what the Saints offense needed to offset the, the passing game. Uh, their balance attack. And Ritter, Ritter's not a bad quarterback. You know, I have to give him credit. He's got a nice arm. Um, he threw the one deep ball to our old friend, um, uh, the wide receiver, who made Mac, an incredible uh, Mac, catch. Uh, Mac, uh, Collins. Mac Collins. Yep. Yeah, made an incredible catch. It down was a nice catch. Um, man, but he's got athleticism. He can run. He's got some speed when he takes off and run it. Yeah. He's got a nice, strong arm. Um, you know, I – I don't know if, you know, you and I are going to go back and forth all season. Atlanta, Saints, Atlanta, Saints. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if, if Atlanta is that team, but right now they're 2-0. Yeah. I Like, again, I don't think anybody's special. Far from it. It's it's yeah. the, it's the a just a meh kind of division. Now, there's one team coming out of it, and they're, and it's a meh division. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, so far Atlanta's shown the propensity to be able to win a couple of close games here. And, you know, frankly, uh, I, I w- again, yeah, we have to see New Orleans play tonight. But um, – I would say the most impressive team out of that division so far has been Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. But I I can't emphasize this enough. They played hot garbage yesterday. That Bears Mm -hmm. team stinks. Mm -hmm. They stink. That's a shame, too. I thought, I honestly thought Justin Fields would be a better decision maker coming out of the gate. So far in two games, he still looks like a rookie. Yep. Yep. 
Um, he has not found that 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 connection yet with DJ Moore. The the running game, he's still the primary focus in their running game, and the defense is porous. They spent they spent money trying to fix that defense, bringing in vets. Yeah, you know, um, Tremaine Tremaine uh, Tremaine was from Buffalo. Who's the linebacker? Tremaine Edwards, Tremaine, yes. Tremaine Johnson, T.J. Edwards. You know, and the defense has not been locked locked down yet. No, it's a shame. Yeah, you know, it's tough. It's well, tough. no, no, it's not a shame because our friend Kevin Foy, uh, remember Kevin Foy? Oh, yeah, Kirk? great, great, uh, great photographer. Yeah, he works. He works for the Bears, and yeah. so uh, you know, every we he, we go back and forth, and uh, he hasn't had a lot to say the first two weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is one of those you just keep your head down and hope they they get things together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I still I am not writing Justin Fields off. No, but I don't like the pocket awareness no he, he there's no it reminds me of Wentz where he's holding it to, part of it is he's trying to make plays I, I know uh, you know he, there isn't great players around him necessarily but he's gotta live to see another day and throw it away and get rid of that ball those sacks are murder man it, Let me ask you this: since you brought his name up do you think we will see Carson Wentz in an NFL uniform this season I I do Derek I think if somebody has a run on injuries I think he comes in and he backs up somewhere. I do. Yeah, I do. I think because he he knows now that he's got to be humbled to an extent and he's got to come in and just keep his mouth shut if he wants to continue to be an NFL player. And I think that that's what you're going to get out of him. Somebody somebody will grab him up. I don't I don't think he'll ever be an effective quarterback again. I don't think he'll ever be a starter again unless a team has massive injuries. But I think he's still someone that a team would look at and grab off the street. I do. Yeah. Where, where I, do you fall on it? I thought a team like Houston might consider him the Jets. Um, if, if the Jets don't bring him in this week, then I think uh, there's an edict on Mr. Uh, Wentz that nobody wants to touch him. Now, C.J. Stroud threw for over 380 yards yesterday. Yep. He's, he's going through growing pains, but, man, he shows promise down in Houston. But that's what you expect from that Houston team. It's a team that's going to go through growing pains. This is not a campaign to have a win season now. This is a campaign to let's evolve as a team and then hit the ground running next year. Let's see what we have. First-year defensive coordinator, made some changes on defense personnel-wise. First-year quarterback as a rookie. You know, nice young running back. Let's see what we have and where we need to go. C.J. Stroud uh, has a lot of promise, you know. So does Anthony Richardson, for that matter, you yep. know. Yep. Oh, yeah. uh, so I, mean, I, I thought he looked great before he went down with the concussion, man. Yes, yes. That 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 move he made yesterday took off and run. For a guy 6'6", six, 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 250, what is he? 6'5", 6'6", 250. fun to watch. He is fun to watch. Yep. But you know what? He keeps putting his body in harm's way like the, like the play got the concussion on. You know, um, he saw the he saw the guy coming at him at the goal line. Now, whether he thought the guy was going to let up or not, that's a valuable lesson you have to learn. Protect your body at all times yeah. because you took that direct shot. Now, was it a cheap shot? Yes, but that's what's going to happen in the NFL. Guys are going to try to get shots on you to soften you up. This is so, where I think having that being that size sometimes does you a disservice. Like in other words, if, if you're a smaller QB who's skinny, you know you got to live to see another day and get down. These dudes who are big like Allen and, and, and Richardson are going to try and truck you because they believe that they, they've done it at every level. You, you can only take – there's only so many of those in your body in the NFL. Yeah. 
and yes. it's going to get you eventually. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, how, how big you are. You know what? Yeah. Everybody has a breaking point. Yep. You and know, they're bigger. Like however big you are, the guys on the other side are generally bigger yeah. who are coming after you. And <laughs> compared to what you play in co- you played in college, more technically sound. Even yes. a bad team has technically sound players. Right. And they're going to take their shots. Defensive players hate quarterbacks anyway in the NFL. Yeah. They're going to take their shots. Now, that was that was a definitely a cheap shot on him. Oh, yeah. And he was smart enough to take himself out of that game. Yeah, he, he did. He played it right. I agree. You know, I but agree. he's got to learn. You know, you you got to brace for everything, man. Don't take anything for granted in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Nick Sirianni meeting with the media, Derek, pretty funny. He was asked uh, about the A.J. Brown thing on the sideline, little little temper tantrum that he had. And he said on a scale of one to 10, you know, 10 being worse, he put it at a two. He said he seemed way worse than that. He said everything's everything's fine on that end. I I, I think that's the case. I like I told you I told you on Friday. I didn't like do it behind closed doors. And yeah. under, understand, you know, you, the team's running the ball very successfully, and that's why you know that's why we're looking like you, when your run pass ratio is forty eight to eighteen. There's only so many passes that are that are going around there. And and you know what the crazy thing is, Devontae had as many catches as AJ. He just had you know deeper yeah. shots. Yes. That was my only issue is just, you know, you don't need to do that on the sideline in front of everybody. Just do it behind closed doors. Well, it's nice that he can jokingly diffuse this thing five days after the fact. Right. Why couldn't you do that the night of the game when you were asked about it instead of getting testy about it? You won the game. Yeah. You won the game. So obviously there was something that happened there that you did not like because you didn't want to address it. I mean, you could have said the same thing Thursday night that you waited until Monday to say. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think also like, like Nick, everybody sees everything now, you know, there, there's no, there's a camera on everything Nick, you weren't going to do the, we all know you were standing there breaking it up. Basically. You, you can't do the, I don't remember. Yeah. You just, you know what I mean? You could just say, Hey, I'm keeping that in house. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. And man. that's a clean way to just kind of get out. I don't talk about internal things. It'll, you know, it'll be addressed, blah, blah, blah. And then but, you just, you keep it moving. That's but, your, but your facial expression, your body language at the time you asked about it. First, you didn't want to answer. Then you, you seemed a little testy. Everybody in the media came out of that, that session on Thursday night saying, Nick Sirianni was a little irritated, a little testy, by right. a lot of questioning about what happened on the sideline. So if you lost that game, I understand you being a little bit more defensive, but you won the game. Right. You know, right. so there should have been a, a moment where you could have jokingly said, hey, you know what? We keep those things in the house, but on a scale of one to ten, that was about a two. Mm-hmm. Now, but you wait until five days later to try to defuse it now, which tells me you've had lengthy discussions with AJ. You, you're at a peaceful place right now, but yeah. they're going to be game. Let's face it, Rob. They are going. Wait, what? About, what is it? AJ's frustration going to be like when he goes up against Sauce Gardner if he only gets two targets? You know, and, Devont- and Devontae gets ten, and yeah. Dallas Goddard gets about seven, and even. Um, DeAndre Swift out of the backfield gets five or six. Or, or yeah. they're running the ball really well, and there's yeah. just a lot of carries where you're not yeah. getting throws. Yeah. So, so what's what's this move going to be like then? You know, the, you know, things that happen now are little things that you have to watch for down the road. See, we didn't have to worry about that last year because he's racking up 1,496 yards. Yeah. But now coming out of the gate, look at how many catches he has in two games. Well below his expectation. No, you're right. You're right. And I think, too – you know, let's face it. The offense didn't take as long to get going last year as it's taking right now. Yeah. You know, I know we're only two games in, but still, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we're, we're looking at it from a rational, you know, point of view. And 
I, I think in the heat of the moment, competitors just get fired up. I, I think ultimately, look, AJ wants to help. I, do I think there's a part of it he wants to get his? Yeah, of course I do. But I think he wants to help and he feels like, hey, man, you, you I get me more involved and I'll make plays for you. But the good thing is it, it's happening with his best friend. The guy he's closest with on the team is the quarterback, right? I think he, I think he and Devontae Smith have a good working relationship. So I don't think – like somebody asked me the other day, is this going to become McNabb and T.O.? No, it's not that. I mean, that, let's face it, Derek. Th- those two didn't ha- – I'm, I'm not saying they had a bad relationship, but they didn't have a relationship before T.O. got here. Right. Oh, and, no. No, no, no. You know, to, for the most part. But And then, you know, and then things obviously got crazy and got sideways and some of it was about money. One guy felt disrespected publicly. You know, it's it's just apples and oranges. I get the the, the correlation you want to draw with quarterback and, and wide receiver, but it's a really different situation. See, AJ and and, and uh, Jalen are be- not just best friends; they equate it to almost being brothers. And let's yeah. face it, you know, brothers have disagreement. Yep. You've had disagreement with your brothers. I've had disagreement with my brothers. Yep. You speak your mind, you move on, and it's over with. And that's, yes. that's the case here. You know. Don't let it become a story somewhere else down the road because now you've opened that Pandora's box in terms of it was out there. Yeah. Today, it's it's not a story, but it's a story because Nick Sirianni mentioned it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I, I think the other thing that will happen is, Derek, when, and, and AJ, I'm, I'm confident, will speak this week. I know he, he, he ducked out after the game and didn't. But he'll talk about it, and he'll have, I'm sure he'll probably do a mea culpa, my bad. You know, I hey, I I just get frustrated in game. I want to help, I, and then everything goes away. It's fine. It, look, you, there's a lot for me. There's much more concern with injuries and some of the other things. The passing yeah. game just not being fluid is a way bigger deal than this. This is like periphery. You know, nothing. It really isn't. It's dressing, <laughs> if you will, on on the on the package. It's wrapping paper. It's it nothing. is. It is, but because it happened now, Rob. If the, there's a good possibility when you consider who the Eagles are going to play right. that AJ could get another two or three target, two or three catch game. Yeah. And now people are going to look, look for the little things. Cameras don't miss anything. Sideline cameras don't miss anything, you know? And so it's, it's, it's just when you allow it to be out there, now you start looking for it. You know what I'm saying? Body language, frustration, you know, Eagles go down the field three or four drives, you know, everybody else is catching passes, but AJ, all right, let's let's find AJ. Let's see what his body language is like. Let's, yeah. And even if he just throws his hands like this out of front, AJ is frustrated. Now he's a receiver. Receivers want the ball. Right. It, that's natural in the NFL. The good receivers want the football. And you know, here's the other thing: Jalen is too good not to understand that. He'll he'll feed him. He'll he'll get his. I mean, he'll he'll figure out a way. I don't want to use the word pacify, but he'll figure out a way to 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 keep him happy. I do believe that. And they were able to do it last year. You know, they'll be able to do it again this year. It, it, it's not, uh, you know, something that that's out of their, out of their means. It's just a matter of getting the, let's face it. If the passing game's clicking, you're not running that many times and there's more opportunities for everybody. I mean, the week before Goddard had one target and, and Deandre Swift had two, uh, you know, yeah, running the yeah. pass. There's always going to be somebody who gets kind of the short shrift, you know, of, of things uh, during the season. So yeah, it's uh yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know, you know, whether or not, you know, we're going to see it all of a sudden all click this week against Tampa, but you know, they're going to have to get their, their act together. That is for sure. Yes. Yeah. So people just hopping in. Yes. The Eagles have released Aaron Sippos 
and they have brought in punter Braden Mann, who uh, spent his first three years with the Jets. The, the report on him was he's very good at pinning teams inside the 20 okay. or, or the 10. He's got that nice kind of touch. He's not exactly, you know, like a cannon type of leg. Not that he's he's bad necessarily, but so that his strength is more shorter yardage where you're just trying to drop one in there and, and hem a team in uh, inside their 10 or their 20. So that's that's what, what the book is on Braden Mann, Mann right now. Uh, Nick also said that, uh, you know, it is a torn peck. We don't know the extent of it. Um, and, you know, and, and whether what the, you know, it's looking more and more like he's probably going to have to have surgery. And, you know, we don't know if we can uh, do anything else. All right, let's get a timeout here. And we're going to come back and Mike Quick's going to join us. Eagles analyst uh, on the radio side, does a great job with Merrill Reese, of course, has been for a long time and a spectacular player in his own right. So we'll talk to him not only about the, you know, the, the A.J. Brown thing, but the Eagles passing offense, what he's seeing here from the guys in the middle defensively, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis looking like absolute monsters in the early going, which is a great sign for them. Uh, so we'll get a timeout. Let's do Bravo Pizza here, uh, Xander, since we didn't get a chance to do it in the in the last segment so we will do that to break and we will talk to mike quick when we get back that's Derek gunn i'm rob ellis we're sports take all right let me tell you about bravo pizza of havertown thrilled that they are a part of the team a part of the channel uh they've been doing an amazing job family owned since 1985 i've been going there since i was a kid uh 20 different styles of pizza daily um they have slices to go they have the specialized pizza and you call it Call up and just request what kind you want, and they'll make it for you. But if you're not up for pizza, they have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of, at the Bravo Pizza of, for daily specials and promotions, uh, or on Facebook and Instagram as well. 1305 uh, Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. 1305 Westchester Pike. Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Appreciate you hanging with us. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. We joined uh, shortly by Mike Quick. Mike, who has been calling Eagles games, I would say, Gunner, I'm going to guess 25-ish years. Wait, I, I believe he's been behind the mic every year I've been here. I got here in September of 97. So you're going to say 26 years. Yeah, maybe. Well, we're going to find out. We got to ask him, but <laughs> I, I I thought it was long, a little bit longer than that. Huh. All right. All right. Well, you know what? Let's find out. There is the man himself, oh. Mike. Mike, so has it been 25, 26? How many years have you been calling the game alongside your partner, Merrill Reese, on the radio side? Man, I can't count that high. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I said, I said, I got here in September of '97, and you've been behind the mic every year I've been here, so that's 26 years. Well, I go hut one, hut two, hut three. That's as high as I count. I got you. I All got right, wait, you. wait, 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 Rob. Let's simplify this for Mike. What year did you start with Merrill Reese? Uh-oh. Uh oh. Oh, he's not answering that question. Oh, he he's said out. no, D God. I'm out of here. He ducked. He ducked on us, Mike. If you could hear us, we lost you for a minute there, man. We'll, we'll get you. We'll get you straight. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! See, you you pushed him too far, Derek. I'm blaming you for that, man. No, he's Just mad. See no, he's mad because the weather gods forced him off the golf course this morning on his off day. I know it's, it's, it's not the only right. way we can get Mike is if it doesn't interfere with his golf game. Yeah, it worked out for us, but it didn't exactly work out for uh, for Mike. Actually, it's going to clear up if mike wanted to get a quick nine in in the afternoon he could do it or tomorrow tomorrow's gonna be a, all right mike we know gunner pushed it too far you know questioning you on there and you took off so so uh yeah this is year that was by the way that was byron evans trying to butt in so i i got shut off quickly um i i'm pretty sure this is year 26 d gun 26 okay there you go. Yeah. There you go. And and uh, you started the year it's a I phenomenal listen. I, I'll tell you where Mike is absolutely brilliant because I listen to, to every one of the games with Mike and Merrill. Mike can spot what the penalty is immediately. I'm telling you, man. Like sometimes it takes you a little, oh, what happened? Who was it on? You know, Mike, I'm telling you. It's a, you have it just a, you, on first sight. You know exactly where it is, what it is. It, it's yeah. a, there's an art to that. There is. Well, I watched a lot of football in my days, and generally, where the flag is thrown on the field, many times will give you a clue as to what it is. But for me, I'm always watching. Do I try to see everything? Um, 
and, and because of that, I, I don't know. I've been around this game a long, long time, so yeah, I, I do get to see a lot of stuff. I got her, Mike. Um, obviously, the big question is, what is going on with this Eagles offense? Has and and I think a simple way, as as we've alluded to, is that these coordinators now have had an entire off season to look at how the Eagles run their offense. Yeah. Um, and, and, and and they're doing things now that is causing Jalen Hurts in the offense um, to be a little bit jagged. Would you agree or disagree with that? In terms, Because I think A.J. Brown said it best after the first game. We're seeing looks that we're not expecting, and when the ball snapped, they're dropping into something else that we thought would be there, but it's not. How would you describe it? So, um, yes. So, Teams have now had an entire offseason to study the Eagles and the success of this Eagles offense. And, you know, there, there are no real mysteries. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just are not prepared for what you're going to be, what's going to be thrown at you. But once you've had time to sit down, diagnose it, you can come up with solutions. And that's what teams have done. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. you've played against two of the better or the smartest defensive minds in the game so far. You know, you talk about it's Bill Belichick. You're not talking about a great team in the New England Patriots, but when you think about the defense, they're always going to be pretty good defensively, even if they're not, like, heavily talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, they may not have the best talent, and they do have a lot of talent, by the way, but they've got really smart defensive minds that are mm-hmm. going to come up with with solutions for issues that you that you present. The Eagles were very successful in the RPO game, and you saw in the first two games that they don't have that type of success right now Mm -hmm. because teams have gotten smarter, Mm -hmm. and teams are taking away things. They're not giving Jalen those big running lanes anymore. Right. So he's had a couple of running lanes on the quarterback draw, and and he's had like two runs so far in the first two games. But aside from that, he hasn't had running lanes, and it's because teams are smart. They've made adjustments. So – that player that they were able to put in conflict all the time in the RPO game and play off of that guy, whatever that guy do, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. No, they've gotten smarter about the way they handle that, that now. So they're playing the run, and they're also at the second level or sometimes third level, they're having an overlap guy to come around and make sure that he takes away that run lane. And mm-hmm. it's as simple as that. They've gotten smart about the way they handle it. They're going to play that run, but at the same time, They've got a guy that's going to be designed to stop Jalen once he pulls the ball and try and go around the outside. So now what's the next move for the Eagles? And and that's what we'll wait to see. How do they handle the mm-hmm. fact that teams are now figuring out how to stop and how to defense the RPO? Mm-hmm. And, and, Mike, I would imagine Tampa would load the box considering the running success the Eagles had, right? I mean yeah. – Hard balls. Yeah. Hey, you yeah. – you, you're speaking to exactly what I said. Now you've got another great defensive mind in Todd Bowles. Right. Who, yep. He cut his teeth, Temple University, yep. and he's been – Washington, he played for Washington. He's been around the league as a head coach. Uh, now he – well, as a defensive coordinator first, now head coach in Tampa. And that defense will look at what happened the first couple of weeks. So that's going to be a thing that the Eagles are going to have to deal with throughout the season. Mm. Mike um, – Speak on DeAndre Swift in, in terms of what he's added just to this running game, his shiftiness. 
I, I equated him last week to a Le'Veon Bell. He is so patient and has yeah. that explosiveness um, to really do what he's been able to do. I think, man, you talk about getting somebody on the cheap who is such a quality player. I don't want to see him running the ball 28 times a game, but, man, is he exactly what this running game needed? He is exactly what they need because, you know, when you've got a line, an offensive line that's able to move players the way they're able to move players, you don't need a whole lot. And I love his vision, his quickness. What What's really cool to watch for me when I'm up in the booth is to watch him to start one way and get the defense going that way. But at the same time, he's looking for a hole. He's looking to use their momentum against them, put his foot in the ground and get north-south. And he's so good at that. Um, you know, once they get him through the, through the first wave of the defenders, the defensive line, He's a problem once he gets into the secondary. Once he gets to that level where the linebackers are, he's a real problem. I, mm -hmm. I Yeah, I'm just looking forward to more of DeAndre Swift. But I, like you, D-Gun, he's not a kid that you want to have run 25, 28 times a game. Right. That's Yeah, you don't want to put that type of load on him. But because the Eagles have had so much trouble in passing the ball early in the season mm – -hmm. They're going to have to run it a little bit more, but I think you spread around the carries and and make sure that Gainwell's getting his share, Boston Scott's getting his share, because Boston Scott, quite frankly, can do a lot of the same things. Yep. Mike, did we all wrongly assume that it was just going to be a seamless transition offensively because Brian Johnson has been here and he knows Jalen so well? Like, I felt like we were willing to give the defense a little bit of a grace period with a new coordinator there. But with the offense, we were like, ah, they should just be as great as they were last year. You know, and we're seeing that it's not quite that easy. Well, we're seeing that teams are smarter in the way they're playing this offense and taking away some of the things that they were really good. When they rush only three men, they're dropping eight in coverage. And especially on the back end, leaving three safeties back. And underneath the three safeties, they're doing a lot of things just to try and confuse your quarterback and where the openings are in the defense, you know, it, it's, it takes some adjusting to it, mm -hmm. it does. And I think we did expect too much out of the offense based on what they gave us last year, but it's still a really good offense and yeah. it's still, it's going to work. Um, it's just a matter of just getting through the early part of the season where you start to figure out who you are and starting to figure out what teams are trying to do to stop you. Now, each season is it's it's a new proposition unto itself, and you have to figure out who you are. Um, and I don't think this team is there yet. I think we are still seeing a lot of preseason type of football, mm -hmm. and th that's just where we are. Mike uh, Nick Sirianni said today that. Uh, they're, they're okay right now with their in-house options to replace Avante Maddox. And although it has not become official yet, it looks like Avante's done for the season. Um, let's face it. We saw communication issues on the back end uh, yeah. Minnesota. And that's, that's going to happen when you have a bunch of young kids, but yeah. knowing Howie the way you know him, cause you know him better than I do. Do you think Howie is standing pat with what he has now? Is he on the phones looking at potential options to, to, to maybe bring somewhat of a more veteran presence in here? to help the back end of that defense. Digun, I saw that they signed a punter this morning. So yeah. that tells you that how we still on the phones yeah. uh, and it's not just one position. It's like trying to constantly overall, make sure that 
he's covering all of his bases. And um, if they feel like that nickel spot is an issue, if James Bradbury is not the key to that or one of these other young guys, uh, they're certainly trying to do something, trying to figure it out to get the right people in uh, that's available because you don't have that many available people this time of year um, unless you're going to do a trade. So, yeah, I was still like checking the phones, checking the wire, trying to figure out if, if is there a better way. Mm. Mike, let's look at uh, a couple of real positives here, man. The, the young guys on the interior defensive line, Jalen Carter, mm-hmm. Jordan Davis, throw Fletcher in there, throw one of the older guys in there, add Milton Williams. I mean, that, that foursome right there. Yeah. Woof, I mean, have they been good? They're so much fun to watch for me. Oh. And what, what's really cool in both these games, you go down to the fourth quarter because you, you really got to make sure that uh, you're rotating enough, you're preserving these guys enough so that they're still, you, you've still got some firepower in the fourth quarter. Well, in both these games, we've seen Fletcher Cox, a 32 year old, the, the veteran, the real senior guy, um, in the fourth quarter, still making plays. Mm-hmm. Now, that to me, I know the young guys are killing it, they're crushing it, but when you manage them that way, then you're going to have a lot of success. I love what Jordan Davis is doing right now. Oh, my goodness. It's such a monster in the middle of that defense. Um, Josh Sweat is playing unbelievable football. Uh, Milton's playing great. But Jalen Carter, he's a grown man. <laughs> he is a grown man. And the things that he's doing right now, uh, they, they're just mind-blowing to me for a guy who's only played in two professional football games. I don't count the preseason, but for a guy who just to watch what he's doing, he's, he looks like a veteran. The, the, the use of his hands, his quickness, um, you know, he's got a move. It's not like, it's not a Reggie white move exactly, but he'll get a guy going and he swats him so mm-hmm. hard and he's able to move these 300 pounders out of the way so he can get into the backfield. Um, the big guys are just so much fun to watch right now. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Sweat is playing as well as anybody that plays that position right now. Yeah. He's so long. And when Josh Sweat's like locks out, his arms are so freaking long that he can keep guys away. It's like when you had your, your little brother. <laughs> well, no, it's like my, my big brothers, because I have five older brothers, like they would do me, they would stiff arm me. Yes. And I'm swinging at them and I'm trying to get to them and I can't reach them. <laughs> 20 <laughs> Do that to guys, Mike. Let me real quick. I, I'm, and I'm not comparing uh, him to. Uh, but go back to Carter for a minute. I'm not comparing him to Reggie White or Jerome. I'm not doing that. But you played with those guys, right? Yeah. So you did you know? Like you knew right away when you saw them. Like this thing's different. Do you see that sort of different trait with him? Like right away. Oh yeah, no, without question. You could see it in Reggie, uh, Jerome as a rookie when he came into the to the league. You could see it in Jerome and he just had, he just had this nastiness about him, the way he played, but he's having fun the whole time. You mm-hmm. know, he would laugh and joke and then he would just whip you. And it, it was just, that's the way Jerome was. This kid, he's really quiet, but boy, oh boy, when he puts his hand in the ground, look out because he's coming on through. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Mike, to what degree do you think, um, 
Hassan Reddick's thumb is affecting his ability to punch, extend his hands and punch and to grab tackle shoulder pads so that he can either spin off or move them one way to make that that bull rush the other way. I mean, we don't do it in process. D-Gun, that's a big part of his game. You know, it it begins with his speed, and that hasn't diminished at all. He still has that speed. But you really have to have use of your hands, both hands for what he does to get – the offensive linemen, the tackles, get their hands off of him to use his hands to snatch them or move them the way that he needs to move them. Um, that That's a big part of his game, and, and I think there's something lacking there. Until he gets his hand to full strength, I, I think he's still hampered just a little bit. I do. Mike, how much – I think Nick called it a two on the scale of one to ten of being anything, but how, what do you make of uh, A.J. Brown getting a little fired up on the sideline and – was that? Did you ever do that with, with with Jaws or or Randall or any of the guys you ever played with? Did, did you ever have one of those moments? Would I do that? No, I don't see you. Yes, doing that. yes, as a player, yes. Maybe receivers behind closed want, doors. Receivers yeah. want the ball. Receivers want the ball. Yeah, yeah. Receivers want the ball. We're always open. So give me the damn ball. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I just yeah, it's a two. It's really nothing. Yeah. You. You, I love the fact that they're that competitive, that they want to make sure that, okay, if that guy's getting the ball, I want it too. And I, I remember like when we would play the Cardinals back in the day, and Roy Green, for whatever reason, I kept up with his stats. Hmm. And a guy like Art Monk, if Art Monk's on the other side and Art Monk's catching ball, I want to make sure that I'm in on the action too. I don't want that guy on the other side showing out hmm. and I'm not getting my share. And I know I'm as good or probably better than that guy. I understand it. Uh, the cameras are everywhere now, and they catch it when you're having conversations. Uh, I've had conversations with quarterbacks on the sidelines. Um, unfortunately, not to that extent where the cameras are all over it, but it happens, and I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's healthy. I think you want your guys to want it and want to be in on it and – as long as you don't go too far with it, and I didn't think he went too far with it, that's okay. I think that's healthy stuff. Mm-hmm. The, the competitor, the competitor inside of that guy, wants to make sure that I'm in on the action as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mike, do you think um, Brian Johnson is, in some ways, is being unfairly critiqued up to this point? I mean, he's a new guy on the block. Um, the the offense is still a holdover from what Shane Steichen ran, but let's face it. When you're a new guy, you want to put your own niche on it because it can only enhance you in terms of getting a, a head coaching job down the road. It has not been as fluid as we thought it would be, but it's only two games into the season. Yeah, it's that. that's the main point, I think, that it's just two games. And to me, because of the way the preseason is handled now, you cannot expect teams to come out and look as fluent as they should look in week six or seven. Now, if we get to week five, week six, and things haven't turned around looking better and smoother and clicking on all cylinders at any point, then we got an issue. But to this point, I'm not concerned at all. I think Brian Johnson's really smart. I think he's got a great relationship uh, with everybody on that offensive side. I think he and Jeff Stoutland are in lockstep, and that's really important. Not you know The guy who's the run game coordinator um, – and Brian Johnson, they have to be in lockstep, and I think they are. To me, it's not that big a concern. I feel like um, 
this is maybe the third week preseason football kind of look and maybe getting into the fourth week. Once we get to week four, week five of the regular season mm-hmm. this year, that should tell us a lot about who this team is. And I think right now we're just kind of uh, filling our way, trying to understand, you know, players, uh, what the other team is doing, what they've found out about us in the off season, what they're trying to take away, all of these things, you know, they're juggling all of these balls right now. And I, I think they'll figure it out. Like, what do you make of what you've seen so far from the NFC East? You know, Cowboys 2-0, Washington 2-0, Giants 1-1, crazy comeback for the Giants, Washington a wild game yesterday, Dallas looks darn good. What, what do you make of uh, the other three teams? Well, of course, Dallas looks really good, you know, and everyone's talking about how great the Cowboys look, and yeah, they, they do look really good. And it really, to me, begins with their defense and the fact that, you know, they've got perhaps the best defensive player in the game right now as a, he's probably the most disruptive player. I should put it like that in the game right now with all, with all that they can do with Michael Parsons. Um, and of course, during the regular season, they play really good football and Dak's playing great. Um, you know, they're receiving core really good. So they look sharp. The Cowboys, are, they're a good football team. I'm a little bit surprised at how well Washington's playing. Uh, I didn't expect Washington to play as well as they're playing, but, you know, they look good. I, I've always had a lot of respect and uh, for their head coach. And I think, um, I think he has a way of motivating guys, getting guys to play good football. And I think Ron Rivera has done a great job down with Washington. Um, and so they, they probably will be a little bit more formidable than I expected them to be. Um, the Giants or the Giants, they're going to be okay, but I don't expect a whole lot out of the Giants. Mm. Mike, when you look at this kid, Sam Howell, down in Washington, how much does having the right – because everybody going into the season, like, who the heck is Sam Howell? You know, yeah. nobody knew much about him. But yeah. having the right OC in, in Eric Bieniemy, yep. yep. how much is that enhancing this young man's confidence? Because when you look at him play, you see the athleticism, you see the arm strength. And he's, he's cool, calm, and collected in the pocket. So I think the fact – you mentioned it. I, I think the key to what they have going on in offense is having a guy like Eric Bien-Ami, um studied under Andy Reid for a long, long time, really understands the offensive game, really understands the landscape of the NFL. Mm-hmm. To have a young guy like Sam Howell paired with him, you've got good receivers down there. You've got a decent backfield in the running back situation. Um, Eric Bieniemy knows how to run an offense. He knows how to pick away at defenses. He he's really good at it. And when Sam Howell is paired with that guy, and that guy starts to give him the confidence, starts to give him these simple reads, starts to simplify the game for him, so that you're not so cluttered. And that's what Bieniemy can do for him. Then you start to feel a little bit better. You can play faster, and your results are a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Mike, we're getting out out on the links here with, with having a little extended period of time here. What do we? I know today's kind of nasty, but what, what's the game plan? Yeah, because the Eagles played on Thursday night, guys. I had a really good weekend. I got to play some golf. I got to spend yesterday with my grandkids. My my uh, <laughs> my granddaughters were here yesterday, and we had a blast. And they completely wore me out. So I. <laughs> it sounds like Derek. It sounds like Derek. Yes. Welcome to the club. 
<laughs> that's good that's good mike well yeah. listen looking forward to monday night man uh got tampa who's playing pretty well right now you know baker mayfield's doing his thing and how about not turning the ball over it's good gonna be an interesting game how about that baker mayfield's playing really well yeah and he, hey you know i watched him on sunday i thought he played really well you know he's got a a good group of wide receivers yeah um, it's going to be a good contest because i know that defensively the eagles could have some struggles just because of the way they play defense. And um, it's going to be a good game. I, I look forward to it. Yeah. Hey, Mike, although it's only two weeks in, to you, what has been the biggest surprise around the NFL when you look at around at, at teams? What would you what would you think has been one of the biggest surprises, whether it's negative or positive, in terms of all the teams that you've looked at? Um, it shouldn't be surprising to me, but I just really believe that the level of play at this point, it's just not what we expected it. Yeah. So, but what threw me off was the very first game, that Thursday night game, that was a really good football game. Mm -hmm. The very first game of the season. And then you go into that weekend and it wasn't nearly as good. Yeah. So I, I see a lot of sloppy play throughout the National Football League. And I, and I attribute that to the way the preseason is handled now in the league. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm. Well said. Mike, listen, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Enjoy you, the rest of your week, and uh, we're looking forward to Monday night in Tampa. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Mike. Hey, man. Take care. Care, man. That is Mike. 26 years, Derek. 26? 26 years. That's what I said. At least 26. He's been I know. On, I know. You nailed it. You know, he's been on the airwaves since I got here in September of 97. Yeah. I've never known anything else other than Mike Quick and Merrill Reese behind the mic. Yeah, he's awesome, man. He is awesome. He, he, is, he, is, he is very insightful. He's on things. He, he lays out what he thinks would, would – he does it in a non-Tony Romo, obnoxious, never-stops-talking kind of way, you know, where, he, uh, hey, you might want to look for this. It looks like I, I could see this happening. And, and Mike is uh, Mike does an awesome job and was a yes. phenomenal yeah. receiver back in his day, that's for sure. All right, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to step aside. We're going to come back, Derek. We, uh, we're going to do a little hybrid here when we get back. So we are going to tackle the NFC. We're going to go around the NFC yesterday and what happened. And mixing a little Phillies. Phillies took two out of three in St. Louis this weekend, Derek. It's crazy, man. We are really in the home stretch. 13 games left. 13 starting tonight in Atlanta with Zach Wheeler on the mound tonight against the Bravo. So we will do that when we come back. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, Xander, we'll do Jim Murray here uh, going to break. But he's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances – can be a real challenge, right? And if you're like me and you went through a bunch of different people before and you never really felt connected, never really felt satisfied, never feel like felt like you were any kind of priority for them, it can be frustrating. But I found the right person in Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, and I think you will be happy with him as well. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That is another resource that Jim can help you with. I know personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim. It was the best thing I ever did. You give him a call right now, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Alright, thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it, folks. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Alright, Gunner, let's look around the NFC. We'll do the AFC uh, in a moment, uh, and we'll get into the, the doubleheader tonight as well. Um, but we mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, the Falcons and the Packers. It was a tight one. Falcons end up winning 25-24 in Atlanta. Um, and they're now 2-0 on the season. Packers now 1-1 mm -hmm. after the loss. Um, I thought, you know, what stood out to me, a couple things. Atlanta's got some good young talent. Bijan Robinson, certainly. Yeah. I mean, you look at it combined, uh, 172 yards between rushing and passing. Uh, and receiving, excuse me. Uh, you look at what Drake London, I think, is turning into. He's the second-year player, six catches, 67 yards. He looks like he's that guy. Kyle Pitts, I think, is going to get going a little bit more. You didn't see a ton from him uh, yesterday. But I like I like Caden Ellis. I like some of the young talent on that Atlanta team. And, you know, look, I'm a big fan uh, of where Green Bay's going, but they're really, really young, and they were banged up yesterday. Well, not only, yeah, Green Bay didn't have Christian Watson or Aaron Jones. That was a huge loss for them because uh, as much speed as um, as um, Green Bay has, it's still inexperienced in a lot of ways. So it's going to take some time. Um, wait, what happened here? Did I lose my camera? Whoa, what happened? You, you're back. Whoa. <laughs> what the heck you? happened here? I would I would tilt up a little bit. You're we're kind of getting like uh, there whoa, you go. Whoa, whoa, right. whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. You see me? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, yeah, Green Bay's got a lot of inexperience. Um, yeah. still their their average age on that team is 25 years of age. Yeah. And they're playing with a bunch of kids, and their management says we our edict was not just to get but younger, but 
to get faster also. But they've done that. Sure. They've got some speed at receiver. And Jordan Love has shown a lot of poise in the first two games for guys that had to sit on the bench for three years behind, you know, A-Rod. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and some of the youth reared its ugly head, especially in a crucial drive late in the fourth quarter. It's like a little over six minutes left in the game. Green Bay has a fourth and one, and you can tell they're going to quarterback sneak it to try to keep the ball in their hands, possibly get in position to at least get three points to make it a four-point game, um, it put a little bit more distance on them uh, between the two teams. Mm-hmm. And the center doesn't snap the ball. Now, somewhere, either the quarterback didn't get the, the, the snap count right with the center, or the center basically had a brain freeze uh, for a moment because that was a false start, cost them five yards. They give up the ball, give it back to Atlanta. And to Atlanta's credit, they went down the field and it's got the game-winning winning, uh, field goal. Mm-hmm. But but I like both I like both teams. Both have good young talent. You know, it's Ritter's show now, and he's shown a lot of points in the first game. He's got a great arm, good athleticism, and he's got some talent. He's got a great young tight end, great young wide number one receiver in Drake London. And let's face it, you know, as much as we want to see our teams win, it's good for football chatter when you see a team like Atlanta struggle like it did last year when seven and ten. They come out of the gate now, they're two and oh. You know, and that's big for for Atlanta fan base down there, and and great for football in general. Yeah, no, I, listen, I, I I agree with you uh, very much. I think both of those teams are headed in the right direction, uh, is the way I would put it. This was another pretty wild one. Thirty seven, thirty one, Seattle. They they win. They get on the uh, the winning side of this thing. They're one and one on the season. The Lions go down. I I would say the thing that would worry me, Derek, if I'm a Detroit fan is that they haven't fixed all the defensive problems that we saw last year. You know, the, the 31 spot here, you know, Goff played well uh, for the most part. Uh, they ran the ball. Okay. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown did what he does, you know, and whatnot. But I mean, I think the bigger concern is the other side, you know, Seattle able to, to kind of really get it going here. Gino got back on track, 328 passing yards, two touchdowns, no picks, only sacked once, kept it pretty clean. Metcalf had a really solid game. Uh, Lockett being solid like he always is, found the end zone a couple of times. Seattle gets back on, on the side, and they need to in that division. You're going to have to keep pace. Well, what we saw yesterday was that what I expected to see from Geno Smith that first game that, that he didn't quite have that first game, his accuracy, his athleticism, and he willed that team to a win. What we saw from Detroit is a problem of what they had last year. We thought the first game, Detroit's defense looked a lot better in the first game than it did the second game. Way better. Yep. You know, and and, and uh, Seattle took advantage of Detroit's weakness. Uh, if, if Detroit doesn't fix the back end of their defense, it's it's going to be like another 9, 8, 10, and 7 type season for them. Will it be good enough to get them in the playoffs? I don't know because there's so much balance. The funny thing is when you look at the AFC, there's so much power ba- balance it's it's scary in the NFC. There's so much mediocre balance. It, yeah. It's scary in the NFC. Um, ten and seven in the NFC might get you in the playoffs. It wouldn't get. I don't think it'll get you in the playoffs in the AFC. Ten and seven, mm-hmm. but it might get you in the playoffs in the NFC. But Detroit, I thought would be a lot further along than that. Now they've shown two different sides of their defense. Offensively, Detroit's fine. They've got what you need to be successful. You know, Jared Goff is is that dude. They've got a nice running game. They've got the pass catchers especially when um, uh, Jameson Williams comes off of suspension. Suspension, yep. He's got four more games to go in that suspension. They're going to be fine offensively. But Detroit um, has got to tighten up their defense if they want to go deep into the season and, more importantly, win that division. Yeah. And, and they have uh, they have Atlanta next week. 
So Ooh. that's a, a, a pretty interesting one, right? In Atlanta Detroit. or Detroit? That game is at Detroit. It's in Detroit, yeah. Ooh, that's right. going to be a good game. Then, Gunner, they're at Green Bay for Thursday night at, uh, on the 28th of September. If they run the ball, they'll beat Green Bay. I hate this. Oh, that pains me to say that. Oh. Oh, it pains me to say. I that. could see, I could see that hurt you a little bit. That one. Green Bay can now stop the run to save their lives. You know, yeah. Yeah. and the fact that they brought that defensive coordinator back just just blows me away. They gave up 211 yards rushing to Atlanta yesterday and 45, 48 carries. Man. You're not going to win many games unless your offense is scoring 30, 35 points a game. You can't score 24 points a game the way they did. They had a, they had a 24-12 lead going into the fourth quarter and try to sit on the lead. And it yep. costs them because of their inability to stop the run and get off the field. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's stay in the NFC here. Uh, 49ers beat the Rams 30-23. This was a, a, a good game, a competitive game. Um, you know, I, I, I Matthew Stafford looks healthy. I'll start with the Rams here. He looked pretty healthy, although he did throw 55 times. Uh, right. But he was over right. 300 yards, had a couple picks. But I, I thought all in all he stood in there. Um I don't love the Rams running game. I, I do like Kyron Williams a little bit, but I don't love the running game. But what's what's amazing, Derek, Puka Nakua yes. and Tutu Atwell are their two leading receivers. Yes. Puka went in questionable in the game. He goes 15 catches, a buck 47, and then Tutu Atwell, seven for 77. Like, they had 307 passing yards without Cooper Cup. I mean, I this is where I give McVay credit. They still lost the game. Yeah. Okay. But you know, I, I think he's doing a pretty nice job there with the talent he's he's dealing with right now. Well, well, it's it's um it, it's it's a case of McVeigh being that guy we thought he was, which is a an upper echelon offensive mind. You know, uh, say what you want to say about their season last year, they went through you know cap purgatory because of a, the big money they spent a few years prior to win that Super Bowl. Now, the good thing for the Rams is right now they're in $75 million cap hell. They come out of it after this season, and they have their first-round pick. You know, they haven't had their first-round pick in something like five or six years because of all the moves they've made. So they have their first-round pick next year. They get out from under 75-minute cap purgatory. And so they're just going to navigate their way through this season. But are the Rams better than what we thought they were? Because this kid, Puka, he set, he set an NFL record, 25 catches in his first two games. No rookie receiver has ever had 25 catches in back-to-back games. So obviously McVeigh identifies something in this young man, and he's bringing it out in him, and the Rams are competitive. It's a division game against the 49ers, yes. Uh, they had to play that one in San Francisco, yes. But they didn't get blown off the field like a lot of people thought they would be. Yeah. You know, so maybe the Rams and especially Stafford. Stafford's looked pretty good the first couple of games. Uh, yeah. So maybe the Rams know something that we have not seen on the outside looking in. Maybe they're the they're the Seahawks of this year. You know, maybe they kind of sneak up on everybody. Maybe. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think they got to get cut back healthy. I think they have to have some, you know, some other things have to happen. That You know, yeah. that's for sure. But all right, let's go over to the Niners here. McCaffrey looked really good. Uh, 20 rushes, 116 yards, almost six yards per carry, touchdown. Caught a few as well. Debo, I thought, had a nice, really nice game for them. Six for 63. Uh, they did a pretty good job on Ayuk, Kittle. Kittle hasn't done much thus far right. um, for them. But th- what what kind of stood out to me in this game was, now he didn't turn it over, didn't, didn't throw it away uh, necessarily. Uh, but 
I thought Purdy had opportunities here in this game to to put it away, and he missed some deeper shots, some throws that that you have to make. You're going to have to make in big spots. I thought he missed. When you have the wealth of talent, the 49ers have an offense. To me, a Brock Purdy right now is like a Jimmy Garoppolo. I want you to manage the game, don't make mistakes, and let the rest of us take care of it. When you have the kind of weapons he has around them, he's loaded with playmakers. You know, McCaffrey, if he stays healthy, is what you expect him to be. Debo's explosive. Kittle is one of the toughest tight ends in the game. Brandon Nayuk has emerged as, as a legit you know, number one, potential number one threat in the NFL. And their defense is rock solid. You don't have to be spectacular as a quarterback to, to, to win a lot of games when you're surrounded with that kind of talent. Just don't make the mistakes. And that's what Brock Purdy did last year. That's what he's done through the first two games. He is not making mistakes with the football. You know, his numbers may not be glaring in terms of what we're, we, the wild factor of the Patrick Mahomes and all these quarterbacks, but if you're, if you're scoring when you have to score or if you're putting your team position into at least get threes and stay ahead of the competition, that's all you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you got ballers on both sides of the football. That team, you know, Lynch has done a great job putting that team together, period. You yeah. know, yeah. and you you added a Javon Hargrave to the mix as well, you know, to solidify that defense. You know, that's why I said the 49ers, again, like last year, going to be heck to deal with all season long. As long as they keep that personnel healthy, you know, McCaffrey has been a star the first two games, but this is an offense. It's Ayuk one day, it's Debo yeah. the next day. It's, you know, there's, there's nobody that's going to be the consistent star in that offense. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So if you take a step back and you look at it right now, and, I, and I'll just go with the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Eagles. If you want to throw somebody else in there, feel free. But I think they're the three teams that we thought were going to be the top tier of the NFC. Mm. Through two games. I know it's only two games. Has your mind changed? In, in, uh, give me what you thought your pecking order was going into the season and where it is now. Um, I thought it would be, in, uh, other than the Eagles, the biggest challenge to the Eagles, I, I had it at 49ers first, Dallas second. Now, Dallas has come out of the gate wrecking people. But again, look at who they've played. They've played the city of New York and outscored them 70 to 10. Right. I want to. I can't. I can't get a, a true gauge. We understand Dallas's defense is predicated on speed, and Parsons being a disruptive factor. Yeah. I can't get a true gauge on what Dallas is going to be until I see them play better competition. And with them playing Arizona, who are they playing Arizona this week? You said was uh, it, yes. it forty nine? Okay. So that's not a true test of what Dallas could be. Dallas is going to pad their stats again against an Arizona team. Mm-hmm. When Dallas gets some against better competition in a few weeks, then I'll have a better gauge. But as, but as it sits right now, I still put the 49ers at the top of that list, followed by the Cowboys. Okay. With the Are the Eagles still one? Oh, yeah. Eagles are still one. Even okay. with the question marks with their offense, even with the growing pains the defense is going to go through, going through I, can't, I can't put another team right now ahead of the Eagles until they play them. And let's face it, this season, they played the Cowboys twice. They played the 49ers once. Um, so I can't put another team ahead of the Eagles right now. All right, so I look at it a couple of ways. It's hard with Dallas because it's, you know, it, it's like the, the the old Sixers thing. It's like, call me when you get to the playoffs, right. you know, with them. Because we, we know they're going to look good in the regular season. Um, I still, there's still a little piece of me that wonders about Purdy if they have to come back in a game or, or something like that. I do, mm-hmm. I do wonder about that. Um, because I, I just, I saw throws yesterday that you have to make in big spots where if you're winning in a game, eh, okay, you could survive it. 
Right. But if you have to come back, it's different. So I wonder about that a little bit. I would have to say right now, considering the Eagles' offensive struggles, I shouldn't say full offense, passing offensive struggles, um, and the defensive injuries, right now I'd probably put the Eagles third. Really? Yeah, I'd probably have them third. I, oh. I, I think it's a real toss-up with San Francisco and Dallas, and I think the Eagles are right there. Like, I don't think anybody's far ahead of the other. I think they're all really close. But when you're talking about Avante Maddox being out, you're already thin at linebacker with the Kobe Dean out for three more games. Yep. Uh, you know, and the fact that they're not throwing it real well, I would worry about that. I'm worried about them a little bit. Yeah, I am. Well, you're, you're $255 million quarterback uh, who was the NFL MVP runner-up. You yep. know, Jalen Hurts has missed a lot of throws as is a Brock Purdy. Yeah. You know, um, they've established a running game to help bail them out. You know, that that is huge um, in that regard. But the bottom line is this team has still found a way to win. Even with the youth movement, even with the inexperience in the back end for one game, even with the offense not clicking the way we thought it would coming right out of the gate, they are still 2-0. Now, granted, they played Minnesota and the Patriots, two lesser opponents. You know, if they're going to play a Jets team without Aaron Rodgers, as good as that Jets defense is, if the Jets can't score, as they couldn't against Dallas, Eagles are going to win that game. Yep. You know, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Um I, 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 I'm, I'm shocked you said that, but now that I look at it, I'm not going to disagree with it, but I still think in terms of just potential explosiveness, uh, this Eagles team is still ahead of the other two teams. And yeah, because of that, I'm still giving the Eagles the edge as of today. Yeah. And, and look, it, it, this is very fluid because it's early in the season. And I don't know that we have a handle on exactly what everything's going to look like. The Eagles could come out and look great in the passing game on Monday night against Tampa. And and that would change the way I view this thing. It really yeah. would. But right yeah. now, uh, if, if they're a one-dimensional offense and they're banged up on defense, uh, you know, it's tough. I mean, I think the good thing for the Eagles is right now, you're playing a little bit of the lighter part of the schedule where you get through the injuries, figure it out on offense. And then, you know, even that, that jet game looks a lot different right now, but by the time you get to week seven with Miami, you're going to have to hit the ground running. Cause if Tua yes. stays healthy, they're, they're trouble, right? Yes. And, and they, we saw it last night against the, uh, the Patriots. Although I don't think the, the game at the Rams is going to be easy. Uh, it, you know, I don't on, October 8th. Right. But, at, but you get, then you start to get into that Miami, Dallas, Kansas city, Buffalo, San Fran, Seattle, et cetera. You better be ready. Then, you know, you got to hope you're healthy, but you better be ready. Your offense better be figured out by that point. If it doesn't, then we start to really ask ourselves the question of, okay, what exactly is Brian Johnson? How much, how much does Nick have to jump in there and start getting after this thing? You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think Nick wants to start being the primary play caller, Derek. I don't think he wants that. I think he no. really likes the ability to, to hop around to the different units, go talk to the defensive guys and all that. But I think he will if he has to. But that's a, that's an indictment of him and Howie and everybody else if you're pulling that, you know, six weeks into a season. I, and, I think, and I think a true test will come Monday night because I do think, you know, as Mike, as Mike Quick talked about, Todd Bowles, three – Three really good defensive lines in the first three games of the season. Yep. So, um, and you've had an extended time off. You will have had 11 days off to tweak this thing. If it continues to struggle, the public outcry will be a lot louder in terms of does Nick Sirianni need to take over take over the reins of play call? You know, mm-hmm. 
you know what you you watch you know it's coming you come if Brian makes it fluid and the offense looks like what we expect it to look okay then then you know he gets out from under that pressure umbrella but they've got to come out and play a better a better brand of offensive football than what they've played the first two games yeah. you know they've been very fortunate to have six turnovers in their favor the first two games you know they could have easily lost those first two games but they did. They found a way to get it, you know. And creating turnovers is a big part of success in the NFL. No question about that. And they've had and they've had that. They have what six six in six. their favor compared to just one against them. Yep, six through three. And the other yeah. thing I would say is, like, we sort of just take for granted that they can run the ball. We sort of just look at it like, hey, it's great. They can go to that whenever they need to go to it. How many teams can just go to something and and, and rack up two hundred and fifty seven yards or whatever they end? Not many. No. So uh, no. as much as they they may want to get leads by passing the ball, and I get it, that's what they want to do. Uh, the fact that you can do that and go to that and dominate, big ass, you know, it is a huge, huge part of this thing, and, and can win you games, and it can keep the other team off the field. It yeah. can be big in a playoff game that's close. So uh, just just I wouldn't just overlook that and sort of just ah yeah they can do it. So what? I mean, teams would would kill to be able to do what the Eagles did in that game. And, and, and to credit to them, they didn't keep banging their head into the wall, too, Derek. They, they made the adjustment they needed to make. Yeah, absolutely. They, they identified – luckily, they found a spot in the game. They identified what Minnesota was doing. And the best way to offset flooding the pass zones is to make them pay up front. And they did that. Minnesota kept coming out with the three-man front. You know, early on in the game, Minnesota attacked Jalen and threw him off guard. You know, when he tried to step up on the RPOs – the DNs were very disciplined. They, yeah. they, they rushed to a point, stood their ground, and forced Jalen back inside. The lanes just weren't there nine times out of ten. you know. Um, but the Eagles said, okay, you're going to do that. And the Vikings never countered back and came out of that. you know. Um, so they were able to wear the Vikings defense down and rack up a whole lot of rushing yards on them and keep them at bay just long enough to get that win. Yep. You know, every game, every game this year, every coordinator is going to bring something different to this Eagles offense, and you're going to have to adjust on the fly. You can you can spend a whole week preparing for what's to come, thinking you know all kinds of tendencies, and you're playing these coordinators now. Hey, you know, Sean McDermott, very good defensive nut. You got to play him. And let's face it, Kansas City's defense is not a dominant defense, but it's not a slouch defense. No, no. Opportunistic defense. Spagnola's a very good defensive coach. Yeah. You know, Robert Sala, great defensive mind. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're playing some great defensive coordinators this year. And they're gonna have to overcome some a lot of different things. Can Brian Johnson do it? Can he yeah, do it? I, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, all right, I did want to sneak in a little Phillies before we get a timeout and we dive into the AFC. Boy, Derek, how about the AFC? Patriots, Bengals, Chargers, Broncos, all 0-2. Imagine being in one of those cities uh today. Yikes. Well, um, Rob, the Chargers are what I thought they were. You yeah, know? they're all they're prepa- like they're always going to have your hopes up. They're always going to kind of tease you a little bit. Like they'll, I don't know, I have to look at whoever they're playing next week. They'll they'll go out and play well, and uh, Herb will sling it all around, and you're saying, "Oh, Chargers!" And then all of a sudden they break your heart. That's yeah, they you have 400 play. yards passing, but they lose yeah. by two points. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. So. Yeah, that was what Week One was basically, you know, for them. Uh, I did want to sneak in some fills, as I mentioned. So uh, they they win two out of three over the weekend in St. Louis. They they you know, disposed of a team they should dispose of. Here's the way I look at it, though, Derek. I, I know your ultimate goal was to win series, and they did. But Friday night, Nola did not pitch well. Yesterday, Taiwan Walker did not pitch well. They no. got a good outing from Ranger on yeah. Saturday. That, that was yeah. a no-sweat kind of game. The problems aren't fixed here. And then yesterday, you fight back, and Sir Anthony Dominguez 
gives up a home run, which ends up being the game winner. Yes. So, you know, we're headed 13 games away from the playoffs with so many pitching question marks. The only thing, Wheeler pitches tonight. I'm Wheeler's going to be fine. I think Suarez will be fine, but you get beyond that. You know, it's like, can you really trust Christopher Sanchez in a playoff setting? He's been good, but can you really trust him? I don't want to see Taiwan Walker. Frankly, I don't want to see Nola. I don't want to see Sir Anthony. I don't trust Kimbrell. I don't trust Alvarado. I don't trust Soto. No. I don't trust it. Yeah. I don't like uh, this is not good, man. You're you, this is the wrong time for this all to be heading. The the only the only team I think they would fare well against in the playoff situation is Milwaukee. Milwaukee's not a big hitting team. Milwaukee's pitching staff will frustrate them, but as we saw in that recent series, the Phillies did hit Milwaukee's pitching staff. Okay, but they made glaring errors in that series, which cost them. Yeah. You know, Milwaukee is not that consistent hitting team. But when you look at a team like the Dodgers, the Braves, even the Cubs, yeah. as much as the Cubs are falling off, the Cubs can hit. They can hit, yeah. You know, um, I've got major concerns about this Phillies pitching staff. I really do. Mm-hmm. And for as, as much – here's another thing, Rob. For as much as the Phillies offense is bombing people left and right for the last month or so, look at the high volume of strikeouts this team has. Yeah. Now, yesterday they only had eight, but it's been customary 11, 12, 15 strikeouts a game. That could be a problem also, yep. you know, down the road against better pitching squads. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I thought I would feel so much better about this team, especially in August. I thought I would feel so much better about this team heading into the playoffs, Rob. And I don't because I sit here now with so many question marks about what is this team exactly? You know, I don't get it. Now, you can say, well, Miami just swept the Braves. You know what the Braves just did? Mm-hmm. They clinched. They picked the spot. They were resting players. Miami just now scored them, what, 36-13 and swept the three-game series. Right. And I'm thinking, initially I'm thinking, what the heck did, is, is Atlanta doing? Atlanta doesn't get swept by anybody. Right. Then you go to the standings. They went into that series with like a six, six-and-a-half game lead over the Dodgers for home field advantage. Yeah. It's still at four-and-a-half right now. Now. I don't know if Atlanta's going to bring out the, the guns again tonight against this Phillies team or not, but it's quite obvious Atlanta's coasting. As long as they have that lead over the Dodgers, Atlanta's trying to coast mm-hmm. to the finish line, preserve bodies, get guys some rest. I don't know what it's going to look like in this series. I don't know how serious they're going to take this series against the Phillies starting tonight. But, right. you know. Yeah, that's that's the million-dollar question, right? You don't know what Atlanta you're going to get. And that, that yeah. you're right. That's the – look, for the Phillies, obviously, you hope they're just terrible. And, and – <laughs> Not caring, you know, basically. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the big thing for me tonight is Wheeler had a bad outing his last time. Just get right back on track. That, that's yes. what I want to see from him. Yes. Really. That, that's yeah. what it amounts to for me uh, in this one. But what you want, but the biggest thing, and this is big picture rather than just tonight, is you, you, you got to see the bullpen settle in here. Like you got to see them just, just, oof. That's the biggest part for the Eagles. Yeah, I, I, I can't see Alvarado's all over the place, man. You see how he struggled. All he he loaded the bases before he got out of a jam. He's uh, throwing 98, 99. He's all over the place, Rob. No control. No control whatsoever. And this is like the second or third time in a row he's had to do this. Yep. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is the same guy early in this season was throwing BBs right you know, from corner to corner. Yep. Now he can't find a plate. Mm-mm. And I, I'm like, 
the whole staff except for Wheeler has this epidemic now. And I don't listen to, listen to this, Derek Sir Anthony. Seven blown saves, five losses, third time in the last five games, he's allowed a home run. Third time in the last five games, he's allowed the go-ahead run or game-tying run. Jeez. You can't put him in Jeez. big spots. You, I mean, Rob Thompson can't keep putting him in there. He who do you put in? I mean, Kimbrell? Who, who do you go back to, Kimbrell? I think I I don't think it's at, look. I'm not telling you this is good, but I would probably try Kimberl again and just see where it's at with him right now. Uh, I don't love it. I, I don't love it at all. I, I do you give Hoffman more bigger situations? You know, he's the what? only guy who's been reliable lately. You know what? I, I, you may have to. You may have to. I was thinking about that. Um, he's not a name that just rolls off your, your tongue no. in terms of who do you go to. He's like an afterthought. But you're right. He's probably been their best option. Yeah. In certain situations, but are you really going to move him to the role as your eighth inning or ninth inning closer? Are you going to put him in that spot? Honestly, every solution I give you, I'm like this. I'm like covering my eyes, man. I, I don't, you know. I will say, I will say this though. Come playoff time, I would give serious consideration to moving Nola to the bullpen. I think Nola would be more effective in a one inning to uh, give you a one inning performance than trying to get five or six innings out of him. You know, it's amazing to me that he went from your ace of the staff when the season opened in late March, early April. So yeah. now we've been talking about moving him to the bullpen and not having him in a starting rotation in a playoff situation. That's interesting. Yeah, I I, I, I think it's definitely something that should be considered. I I feel like they're just on a collision course to start him in game two of a playoff series, Derek, and it, it, it could just blow to bits on them. I really, I mean, I, I again, I, I appreciate where you're coming from, but I just feel yeah. like they're, they're, Hell or high water, man. They're they're rolling him out, and I think it's going to be a mistake. You know, yeah. Rob, we we we've grown so accustomed to seeing Nola take the hill, and his array of breaking pitches have been his bread and butter to set up his 93, 94 mile an hour fastball. But because his breaking pitches most of this season have been just spinning over the plate and not much movement on them, is where he's been in trouble, yeah. and it's cost him because his fastball, when his breaking pitch is not on, his fastball is not really. Nope handcuffing people and that's yeah, it's not effective it doesn't keep them off balance because you're not really? afraid of the other pitch yeah so I, I i don't know why it's been season long like this but if i'm rob thompson i've got to take this into serious uh serious consideration yeah i, I might not put it be able to put him in a three-man rotation in a playoff it keeps looking like this i don't know how you justify it honestly uh, if it keeps looking like this, he, he's been a mess he has been a mess all right let's uh let's get a timeout let's come back Let's look at the AFC. We mentioned those teams that are off to the 0-2 start. What's going on with Joe Burrow and that calf, his health, New England, and the hoodie last night against the Dolphins, uh, Anthony Richardson. Got a lot to get to, and we'll and we'll preview the doubleheader tonight. Saints-Panthers early, Browns-Steelers late. We'll do all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. We'll do a little pro-action restoration right now as we go to break. He's Derek. I am Rob. All right, let's talk about pro-action restoration. You might have a home, you might have a business, you might have a property that you own, and you, you could go through the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, whatever the case may be, or something else that you're not sure that you can handle. Well, you can reach out to ProAction Restoration because they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. Uh, I went through it, and it was on a Saturday for me, and I didn't think I'd be able to get anybody out to my parents' house till maybe even Monday. But they needed help right away, and ProAction got there. They cleaned up the place. The crew was professional. The price was reasonable, and it was a great experience all around. The great thing about ProAction Restoration uh, is that they are licensed, bonded, and fully insured. 
They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two, tech, two decades. They have a great reputation and they will also work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it all. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. You can also reach them online as well at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Thanks for uh, hanging with us. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis for Sports Take. Let's hit the like button if we could, friends. Uh, and let's subscribe if you could also. We would appreciate that. If you missed any of our interview that we did a little bit earlier with Mike Quick, you go to jacobsports.com or Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Hey, uh, tomorrow, and some of this worth the mercy of the Eagles schedule, Derek, if they do change yeah. things around, it, it subject to change. But it uh, looks like we'll have Jeff McLean tomorrow uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer. 
So interesting to get Jeff's insights on everything that's happening bird wise uh, through the first two weeks. Uh, he, he has written obviously a ton about the Eagles and what's going on thus far, but uh, get his, uh, get his uh, analysis on what's happening with them after the two and zero start, how different it is than what he thought it was going to look like. So uh, we'll talk to Jeff tomorrow. Yeah. I checked with him about an hour ago and he said, as of right now, it's good to go at two. So hopefully keep your fingers crossed that, You know, the Eagles, uh, because they had that extended time off, you know, anytime the Eagles have extended time off, they're subject to flip the script, so to speak, and jockey, you know, availabilities and things like this. So just keep your fingers crossed that he is available tomorrow. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. So as I mentioned before, we took a time out, you know, we we, we covered the NFC pretty well. Let's look at the AFC here, Derek. Uh, Definitely some surprises here with some bad starts. Bengals 0-2, Patriots 0-2, Chargers 0-2, Broncos 0-2. But let's start with the Bengals. Um, it is the second straight year that they have started 0-2. But uh, they may have bigger issues here because I think Burrow's been trying to play through that calf. Mm-hmm. And we saw him last, you know, the end of that game yesterday, really hobbled. And mm-hmm. as we've talked about before, that's one of those injuries that, like, you better be sure it's healed or else it's going to keep nagging you. And, and, you know, and, and coming back to get you, he's clearly not playing up to his standards. He looked awful in week one. You know, he looked better, but not special yesterday. Um, and if he ain't going, this team's in some trouble. Um, you know, I, I've dealt with athletes who have had that calf injury a lot. And the fact that, you know, when you think about when and where and what time he injured that thing in training camp, I was shocked that he came out of the gate and started the season. Because, you know, that thing in a lot of ways can be worse than a hamstring injury. You know, when you aggravate, when you aggravate that thing, you know, the pain, that tolerance is like ridiculous with that. And he came out and you got defensive players trying to take off your head. And we, we, we've seen that he just doesn't have that mobility in it. Mm -hmm. And now he's re-aggravated it again. And then uh, he, he tried to kind of, uh, you know, wash it aside a little bit after the game yesterday saying, well, you know, when you're, your quarterback doesn't have a training camp and, you know, you have this calf injury, things happen and yeah, they do. You know, you're wearing those cleats and you're playing on a lot of uh, hard surfaces. Yep. You know, it's bound to happen when you're trying to run and, and laterally move. And I do believe it's affected his ability to plant his foot and throw the ball accurate, you know, with accuracy. I mean, think about it. When you look at the trio of pass catchers that they have and go around the national football league and look at how many receivers already have well over a hundred yards, or 250 yards, he has two, three receivers. The leading receiver has 89 yards, and that's T. Higgins, 89 yards in two games. So Chase, I mean, the one that really sticks out to you is yeah. Jamar Chase. Chase is, uh, what is it here, 10 catches for 70 yards. Oof. So it tells me they've had to shorten up their routes just because he needs to get rid of the ball quicker to protect that, that calf muscle. And it's, and it's hurting them longer, more so than helping them because that's an offense that's predicated on getting those deep shots when they can. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he can really plan on that thing um, or push off on it uh, to get that deep drive on the ball that he wants to. And it's hurt him because the Patriots, uh, uh, the Bengals started out 0 2 last year. And, you know, they had a great finish. And here they are now again, 0 2. But this time the quarterbacks hurt a little bit more than, than, than that organization wants to admit. Yeah, I think that's uh, their. And even even Taylor yesterday after the game, the coach you know said as much. So that's that's one to keep your eye on here. Um, you know, as far as what they have uh, coming up, the uh, the Bengals, and again, they're in a very competitive uh, AFC North. That's for sure. 
next up, they play uh, the Rams. And now that game's at home. Uh, it's on Monday night. They're, so they're part of the doubleheader with the with the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be that's you know again that's not as easy as it may have looked early, right? I mean that could be that could be a harder game against uh, Los Angeles than, than what we, you know, what we anticipated it was going to look like for both the, the Bengals and the Eagles. So the Eagles are this are the seven fifteen game, Derek. They're the earlier game. Yeah. That Bengals game is the eight fifteen game, um, for what it's worth. So yeah, they're they're it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. Well, let's go to the Patriots. Look, I know they lost to Miami last night. By the way, two is five and zero oh against Belichick. Yes, yes. As a starting quarterback. Um, I thought New England did a better job containing. Like Tyreek Hill didn't go crazy. They did a pretty good job, and they hung around a little bit. Um, But what really hurt New England last night was Miami's ability to run the ball. Mostert had a hell of a game for them. And he broke one off for a long touchdown when when, when the Patriots got within striking distance. Uh, Miami comes right back. Most of bust one up the middle touchdown, like 31, 32 yard touchdown run. Um, what we saw basically is this Mac Jones has ability. There's no question about that. He's just devoid of weapons on the outside. They have a nice running game. Uh, the offensive line obviously has to get healthy, but Mac Jones is not a bad quarterback, you know? Um, and then, and then, and, um, Bill O'Brien's offense, he's going to be fine if they can. But see, you can't win if you don't have the pass catchers, you know. And right now he doesn't have it. You know, he doesn't have the weapons to strike at will against the defense. But Belichick's defense, once again, frustrated another potent offense. We saw what they did against the Eagles. And, you know, Miami didn't go crazy against Belichick's defense. Mm-hmm. You know, you're right. They kept they kept Tyreek Hill in front of them. You know, Jalen Waddle got his few catches in there as well. Um, it was just a, it came down to Miami has much better talent overall than the Patriots do, you know, but you're right about one thing. If Tua stays healthy, he's going to be a monster. He's a problem to deal with if he stays healthy. Yeah. And Um, and I just think, I think McDaniel, Derek is brilliant. He's strange. He's sort of awkward. It's kind of weird. I don't know what is exactly going on at times, but like he, he really dials up some interesting stuff, man. You know, I hate to say it, but when I look at McDaniels, I, I, when I see him in interviews like at halftime or after a game, I'm thinking, here's a guy who should be in a science lab somewhere, you know, creating new formulas for something incredible. I'm like, I can't just grasp him being a, a head football coach, but so many people give him acc- accolades for being this great offensive mind. And let's face it, he's got the weapons to do it, and he's got the personnel to be as, as explosive as any offense in the National Football League at any given moment. Yeah. When you got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill on the outside, you know, and and Tua's playing playing very well. And speaking of Tua, did you hear last night about he's been taking jujitsu and did. learning and learning how to fall better? And he still does it once a week to learn how to brace his body better and to fall better. I'm like, I never thought jujitsu would be a, 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 something that you would use take to help with football. Yeah, yeah, with takedowns. I look, I give him credit. He's trying everything. Like he tried to get stronger to help. I don't know what that ultimately does when you get slammed to the ground, but he, he, he's trying everything. And if you, if you watch there, there look, I, I think smartly McDaniel's trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, he, he, there's not a lot of, you know, five, seven step drops where he's sitting there forever. They're doing everything they can, but I, every game I watch whenever he gets tackled, I'm like, Ooh, I, I'm always like, is he getting up? Okay. All right. I just, it's concerning, but 
Hey, whatever. Um, they're fun to watch. Waddle got hurt last night too. He got, yeah. he got clipped pretty good. I, yeah. I don't know where that stands, but uh, yeah, it's a little bit concerning, but the, I would think Tyreek Hill busts out next week. Cause he was quiet. He was pretty quiet in that game. Not, uh, not helping his 2000 yard season. That didn't help much. Uh, no, that's the problem. You know, you, you really have to go off every week pretty much, yeah. you know, and, and be consistently, you know, really effective. Uh, all right, let's go to the, uh, let's go to the chargers who lost to the Titans. Uh, in uh, uh, 27, uh, in overtime, 27-24, Derek, as we mentioned, it's the same old, same old. Herbert, 305 yards, uh, two touchdowns, 104 passer rating. You know, finds Keenan Allen, 8 for 111. Uh, Mike Williams, 8 for 83. It it looks good on the surface, but then ultimately it's not good enough. And, you know, Tannehill was okay. Uh, Derek Henry was okay, you know, solid. Uh, Traylon Burks hurt them, I thought. And uh, Chris Moore had a big one, a 49-yarder. DeAndre Hopkins was eh, four for 40, uh, but they did enough, and they got the win. Well, Tannehill even stepped up and ran one in. He's showing people, hey, look, I may be older, but I still got a little pep in my step. Yeah. You know, and and, and the Titans grinded type game, wore, wore the Chargers down. The thing that's really surprised me with the Chargers is, is how porous their defense has been the first two games. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought that that defense would really bail them out in a lot of situations. And the defense has been giving up big plays. I'm, I'm shocked at the way they've been playing. But but like I said earlier in the show, you know, the Chargers, same old Chargers. You know, they have the potential. I don't care who's quarterback in that team. For whatever reason, they can't get out of their own way. They, and, 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 you know, Justin Herbert's got to justify that big money he's got. And I'm still waiting to see Justin Herbert win a big game. I want to see him win a big game. That was a big game situation for him to try to pull out, and he didn't, you know. Um, Justin Herbert is the kind of quarterback he's going to pad his stats. He's going to he's gonna throw for close to 5,000 yards. He may throw for 30 touchdowns and give up maybe 10, 11 picks. Right. You know, his, his percentage completion will be in the high 60s. You know, but overall – Whatever he does individually is, is is overshadowed by what that team cannot do collectively. Yeah, they've got the talent to win; they just can't find a way to get out of their own way of, of always falling short. I also I'm not a fan of the coach. Uh, I'm, I'm oh, just, say, oh no, no. I, I'm not a fan of the coach at all. Um, so yeah, we'll see what ends up happening with with there. I don't I don't think that's headed down a good path. Um, that's for sure. All right, Denver. Look, you're going to talk. You're going to rip others. You're going to have all this bluster. I'm the man. Okay, Sean Payton, you're 0-2. And, you know, you didn't exactly lose to a to a juggernaut yesterday at your place. So this – this you, don't tell me there aren't some coaches around the league kind of smiling a little bit at this start for Denver. Mm. There, there's some people enjoying this a little bit. I can tell you that much. Um, yeah. People, people who are not fans of Sean Payton – uh, you know they're giggling right now. Um, I will say this: the Dolph, uh, the, the the Broncos' offense is least scoring points. You can say that Russell looks a lot different in, in, under under Sean Payton than he did in Nathaniel Hackett in terms of you know rolling out of the pocket, buying time. Russell Wilson's arm strength is ridiculous. To be a quarterback who's only like five eleven, right? His arm strength is is, is uh, quite it's amazing. It is still so even at this age, yeah. But. Um, the D here's another team. The defense has let them down. You know, um, I thought their defense would be a lot stingier than it's been up to this point. Now, now granted, you know, they had Jerry Judy back, which was huge for them. 
They've got the offensive firepower. Now they just need the defense to pick up the slack. But Sean Payton is eating a little crow right now, Rob. You know, yes. And right so. Yeah, look, he is. And um, you know, all of a sudden you start looking at the at the standings and, and you look at that AFC West, you know, it's like it's it's the the Chiefs one and one, the Raiders one and one, Chargers 0-2, mm-hmm. Broncos 0-2. Not a great start for for you know uh, what we thought was going to be a really competitive division so far. But but it also, Derek, what that also shows you is like you can't lose your mind either over this kind of stuff. It's, no, it's, no. it is really, really way early. I know they only play 17, but it's crazy early. Well, the thing is, you're 0 and 2, but you're only one game out, out of first place, you know, because your division leaders are both 1 and 1. You know, um, there's a lot of time to rectify this problem, but, but Sean Payton needs to turn this thing around now, you know, to get that sour taste out of uh, a lot of Broncos fans' mouths from what happened in last year. Now, you're one of one of the several teams that are zero and two on this season. Oh yeah, um, I, I think it's going to come uh, for, for Sean Payton. I think they're going to put a string of wins together. Hasn't happened up to this point. They they should have won that game yesterday. There's no question they should have won it. Yeah, um, and, and they let them off the hook when they had that bigger lead. Um, Sean Payton is one of those coaches. He's not going to panic if anything. He's going to get angrier. And he's going to speak louder to his troops. Will his his troops receive it? Will they act on it? Uh, that's another question. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that's the million dollar question. All right, let's look at tonight, Derek. Let's look at what's going on tonight here. Uh, and and this this begins the uh, the the, the double headers uh, that we're looking at here. Uh, a couple of interesting ones. The Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, come in one and zero, and the Panthers are zero and one. New Orleans. That game's in Carolina, by the way. New Orleans is a three point favorite in that game. And then the late game is uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh, Cleveland favored in Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's got some injuries. Uh, Amari Cooper right now is questionable for Cleveland, but but we know that the Steelers are without Cameron Hayward and Deontay Johnson. So they're, they're a little bit banged up. New Orleans still playing out, playing without Alvin Kamara. Let's start with the early game, uh, the NFC matchup saints at Panthers. What are you thinking in that one? Um, definitely saints. Um, I look at Bryce young coming out of the gate. He threw 38 passes his first game, but only completed 53% of his passes. He had one touchdown and and two interceptions. Granted. Yes, he is a rookie. Uh, there's no question about it, but when you're the first overall pick and you're thrust into that limelight, um, you're expected when you're first overall pick, you're deemed as that guy whose uh, learning curve will accelerate a lot quicker than anybody else that's from the quarterback position drafted behind you should. Hasn't been the case with him uh, through one game. Mm-hmm. This is a stiff divisional test for him because this Saints defense is going to come after him. You know, um, can he handle the pressure the Saints are going to apply? That is a big one. Can he get the running game going with uh, Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard? That's a big question mark. If he can't get the running game going, which opens up their play-action game, it's going to be a long night for Bryce Young and and that Carolina team. Mm -hmm. I think right now, in terms of veteran presence and cohesiveness, I think the Saints are ahead of them. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Saints in this game. I'm with you. Look, I think Carolina is getting better. You may not see the results in the win column, but I think they're getting better. Uh, But you may not really see it until, like, 
we get midway through the season with this group. Um, you know, Frank Reich is a good coach. I like Bryce Young. I wonder if Bryce Young physically can hold up, but you know, we'll see about that. But yeah, that's uh, that's. I, I think it's a a New Orleans game. Um, I think it'll be close for a while, and then I think New Orleans will pull away in that one. Browns. This is a tough one to handicap for me, Derek. Browns here is like, is Mike Tomlin really going to lose his first two games at home this season? And I like Cleveland a lot. Don't I'm, don't get me wrong, but very as banged up as Pittsburgh is, they're falling. They're going to lose their first two at home. Very possible, Ralph. Yeah, in this case, very possible. Even if Amari Cooper um, doesn't play for Cleveland, you still have that guy named Nick Chubb. You know Cleveland's going to try to run it down their throat uh, just so um, T.J. Watts doesn't have a chance to get off in this game tonight. You know, I would I would imagine they're going to try to run it more than they throw the football to keep Deshaun Watson out of harm's way. And because uh, offensively, uh, the Steelers are down a couple of uh, receivers in this game. It's going to make it a rougher night for Kenny Pickett. Cleveland has a good offense. Yep. Cleveland has arguably one of the top two offensive lines in the game. Um, and Deshaun Watson is that much further along in that offense. So I think Cleveland goes on the road and does a number on Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Mm, really? Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this one. I, I, I don't feel great about it. They need Pickett to play a lot better. Obviously I think it needs to be a big George Pickens night. I think Najee Harris has to really play well for them. And it's It's going to be a night where TJ Watts got to go bananas. He's got to go off uh, yeah. in this game, especially if they're down some bodies on that side of the ball. Look for Highsmith to have a big game too. If Cooper can't play or he's banged up and he's kind of limping around a little bit, that could be big on this thing. I would expect you're going to get a healthy dose of Nick Chubb uh, from Cleveland in this one. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, Deshaun Watson kind of find his footing again, you know, from, from being really not playing football for like two and a half years, you know, almost completely just, just where he's at at this point. But I think Cleveland is a really talented roster. I do. I do too. Now, will that equate to them getting in the playoffs? I don't know, man. There's an awful lot of talent in their division and in the AFC that could thwart that. But uh, if Cleveland can stay healthy, um, they're going to be an interesting team to watch all year long. Uh, they they have everything you need on both sides of the football to be successful. Mm-hmm. But they have to do it. You got to do it on the field. And they've been taking a backseat to the Steelers in that division for so long. Tonight's a great opportunity for them to, to, to reset the narrative in that division if they can pull one off in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be – look, I think both games are entertaining. I, I wish – I know they're kind of like feeling it out just to sort of see if the schedule works because here's the thing, Derek. I think we may see more of these maybe flexed out uh, because of the writer strike. I know that sounds weird, but there's going to yep. be less programming, yep. uh, you know, to, to fill the void, if you will, the big vacuum there. Um, but they're the, they're the double, that's the double header we're getting tonight. And, uh, I mentioned, uh, next week, uh, just kind of looking ahead a little bit, uh, the Thursday game is the giants and the 49ers. And again, the big thing there is going to be Saquon Barkley. Mm. And then the Sunday night game is the Steelers at the Raiders. And then Monday, seven 15 Eagles early against the bucks. And then eight 15 Rams at the Bengals. So they're, they're your night games. Uh, beyond that, I'm just looking at the card. I haven't really studied it all that closely. Some pretty good games. Falcons and Lions is interesting. That game's in Detroit. Uh, Saints, Packers in Green Bay. Not bad. A desperate Bronco team taking on the Dolphins. Yes. Miami's first home game of the year. Um, 
talk about desperate chargers and Vikings two Oh and two team. <laughs> um, that one being played that game's in Minnesota. Wow. Another track meet. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I guess we'll start finding out how real the commanders are because they get the bills at home this week. Um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, okay. that's about it. There's, you know, like the Bears, Chiefs, Cowboys, Cardinals, Panthers, Seahawks, Colts, Ravens. Eh, you know, I think the card was a little bit better this week uh, than it is than it is next week. That's for sure. But the Eagles off until Monday night. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to hit a bunch of different things. Colorado, Colorado State. We talked about it off the top of the show. I got some numbers for you in this game uh, from a viewer standpoint, Derek. So we'll do that when we come back. Also an update on Travis Hunter, their two-way player, uh, and where that is. A bunch of other things that we'll get into, uh, including birthdays and including movies and some more Eagles as well. Don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're hanging out with you on this Monday. All right, Flynn Tree Services. Yes, they are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So if you have any types of tree issues in your yard or on your property, they're just a quick phone call away. And they're experts at trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Keep in mind, it's a great time to get your trees evaluated before we start getting to the, you know, the colder weather and whatnot. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work give flynn tree services a call at 610-850-2848 610-850-2848 or online at flynntreeservices.com that's flynntreeservices.com Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement 
but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back. Final segment of the show. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We're hanging out with you on this Monday, September 18th. All right, the it was a it was a late start. It was a it was a 10 p.m. Eastern time start, Derek, on Saturday night. Colorado, Colorado State, uh, game that went to two overtimes, and was uh, man a lot of drama because there was a lot of chippiness, there was a lot of cheap shots, there was a lot of trash talk, there was a lot of back and forth kind of plays in the game. Um, but Colorado withstands and ends up winning, uh, the game. They, they, they drive 98 yards, uh, down eight, uh, with, what was it under two minutes to play? Uh, they end up scoring, they get the two point conversion. They obviously they go into the overtimes and they end up winning in the second one. Um, it has become the place to be for, for, for a school, that had become almost forgotten. It's crazy for, for people who are old enough to remember like Colorado in the eighties and the nineties, Bill McCartney days and Oh yeah. Cornell Stewart days. And they, they, they were a hell of a program. Eric and, 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 oh. Yeah, man. And they fell on hard times. Rashawn Salam, they fell on hard times and uh, one win last year, totally irrelevant. They hired Deion Sanders almost immediately. Everything flips. Everybody's paying attention to them. They become the epicenter. I mean, it's crazy. Georgia has won back-to-back national championships. Yes. They're still ranked number one. And is anybody talking about Georgia? No. <laughs> They're talking about Colorado. Colorado's 3-0 and to start the year. You had The Rock there. You had uh, Lil Wayne, Kawhi Leonard. You had Kyle Lowry. You had Offset there. The Rock. It's a party. It's a party. Every- and and I, I, I said to you earlier, it's like it's like Miami in the 80s. I'm not saying they're as accomplished or good, but what I'm saying is the interest level, how they become the destination point, it reminds me of that. It really does. Deion Sanders is a marketing genius. Opening up to America, his practices, behind-the-door glo- behind sessions um, that he has, his ability just to sell by his presence, his saying. You know, I, I'm watching that game, and you see there's hoodies being sold flying off the rack. Yeah. We're, it's, we're coming. You know, just, just sayings that he has. Um, his making money hands over fist for a, a university institution that was not generating a lot of money. And you saw Stephen A. Smith. You saw Shannon Sharp. You got, you got, you know, Little Wayne leading him out of the tunnel, rapping – to the field. Right. Dwayne Rock Johnson shows up out of nowhere and he's in the locker room. And then last week, 
the rival Colorado State gives them ammunition to enhance their marketing because Dion shows America he's standing there with this player sitting. He done went and made it personal. Mm-hmm. And then what does he do? He gives every player on that team one of his pair of signature glasses that he just started this year. Yep. And then with the insight, he gives a pair to The Rock, Stephen A., and one other person. Now, he gave them to his team on Thursday. Yeah. Then he gives them to, to names. On Friday, the, the, the glasses sell $1.2 million in sales. Yeah. And you've been on national TV three weeks in a row. They weren't on national TV three times in the last three years. Yep. And they're on TV three weeks in a row and and will be on again the next two games they play against Oregon and USC back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Okay. What he has done for Colorado is nothing short of phenomenal. And you don't think that Colorado – now, I guarantee you, there's certain elements of who Dion is. I bet you'd make some of the old-school sure. uh, Colorado administration cringe a little bit. Yep. But there's the other faction to say, hey, shut up and keep your thoughts to yourself. Do you see what this man's doing for our university? Mm-hmm. Do you see in three games he's put us back on a national map? Yep. Do you see what he's already doing for our recruiting? The kind of players that we're going to get back in here like the old days in the 80s? Incredible. It's incredible. In a matter of three games, Rob. Not three games. Season. Yep. Every penny they spent. By the way, uh, Dan Cilio will have The Rock on his show. Airs at 6 p.m. Or actually yeah. – yeah, after his show, it's a special that he did with uh, with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. It'll air at 6 p.m. tonight on Jacob. 6 p.m., Dan Cilio and The Rock, all right, just an FYI. Um, but to, to, to whatever they paid him, he, they have been paid back 10, mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40, 50-fold already, no matter what happens the rest of the way this year. And, it, and look, they get Oregon and USC, and it gets, it gets really challenging compared to who they've played thus far. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't they're, matter. They're paying him $29.5 million over five years. The, the boosters made $28 million before they, – they generated $28 million of his salary before the season started. And before – I guarantee you, he'll never see the end of that five-year deal. It'll be torn up and redone. He'll be up there with the likes of – you know, now obviously – Eventually, he's got to try to win a national championship. But in terms of just numbers, it won't be too long before he's up there talking about the kind of money that Nick Saban and those guys are making. Yeah. You know, considering what he's done for that university, he's installed a pride back into that football program that had been dormant for over two decades. And it's only going to get better. You know, because now people are like, who's coming out of the tunnel next? Beyond the game. But you made such a great point. Georgia's defending two-time defending national champion. Nobody's talking about Georgia. And Alabama has major issues at quarterback. They've got two quarterbacks who, who can barely throw for 100 yards between them. Right. They have quarterback issues, and they've already lost one game. Yeah, they were they were getting – I'll give them credit. They turned it around in the second half, but South Carolina was taking it to them in the first half. Oh. And, and, and then they started – yeah, and they, they, they steamrolled them in the second half. But – yeah, but it's just strange. Like, we're not talking about the usual powers. You know, I mean, we're, we're talking about Colorado now. And that's – he has changed the landscape, the way he approached the transfer portal, the way he was so, I don't know, overt about it. Just saying, like, basically, hey, man, a lot of you guys are going to be gone. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm bringing in better – you know, like, all of it. It, it was just very upfront. Uh, it was uh, It was different. 
I will say that. And how about this, Derek? For, so for a 10 o'clock game East Coast on a Saturday night, yes, 16.1 million viewers. 16.1. Uh, you know, you and I, let's be be real. We're, we're, we're football junkies, but I'm yeah. not laying up locked into that game on a Saturday night if it's just Joe Blow coaching Colorado against Colorado no. State. No. And it turned out to be one of the better games of the season so far, you know. Yeah, the in-state rivalry, the chippiness of it. Travis Hunter is going to be out. Their their best player. That's a big now out for at least a couple of weeks. Yep. Um, the the back and forth. And to be honest with you, I thought Colorado State had them dead to rights. Yep. Colorado State's quarterback and that number fourteen receiver. That receiver Colorado State has is going to be a first round draft pick. He's a good player. He He's is tough. a good player, and they could not stop him. No matter how they tried to blanket him, they could not stop him. Yeah, that kid Shador Sanders, oh. arm strength, athleticism, smarts, ability to buy time with his feet, step up and run. I'm telling you right now, he's got to be one of the odds on favorite to win the Heisman. He's got to be. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's vaulted himself into every one of those conversations. Yeah, I don't know how, and he might be. This is going to hurt his cause because he's going to miss time. But how isn't Travis Hunter in every conversation too, playing both yes. ways? Yes. You know, he should be in every, but I agree with you. You know, we, we automatically Caleb Williams and, and, and Drake may, and oh, some of the other guys, Shador Sanders has to be in every single one of those conversations that we have. Can you imagine now, let's say if Colorado gets past Oregon, and I think that's going to be another shootout because Oregon has such a creative offense and they are fast every year. One thing you can count on with the Oregon team, they're going to be fast. Mm-hmm. They're creative. You know, and you know, go go beyond what what combination of their thirty uniforms are they going to wear for that game? Right. You know, it's going to be a track meet in that game because Colorado still has problems defending the run, and that's huge in terms of trying to get off the field and put the ball back in your hands of your offense. But you got two fast teams now, and let's face it, Oregon's no juggernaut when it comes to defending the run. I can see this being another one of those 38-35 type games. I can see it coming down to that. But let's say Colorado get, gets past Oregon. Can you imagine the hype going into that next week's game, Shadur versus Caleb? Caleb versus Shadur. You're two leading candidates for the Heisman. And both go into that game undefeated. Man, it's going to bring the house down. Yeah. They, and, dude, let me tell you something. If, if I'm a Colorado fan, I just want to stand outside the, uh, the stadium to see whose autograph I can get because you know it's a who's who coming in for that game also. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to know who's next. Who, who's the next special guest coming in? I, it, it, the Rock was awesome. The The Rock before the uh, – he was on uh, College Game Day uh, with ESPN. But before that, he's getting the crowd pumped up. It, it's a destination point now. And you you watch their enrollment is going to go through the roof. Because oh here's the other thing. It is a beautiful setting. Like that, that – the mountains in the back. I mean, oh, my God, man. Colorado is a beautiful state. I've been through Colorado several times, been to Denver. No matter where you turn and look, it's just beautiful, beautiful uh, skyline across the state of Colorado. You're right. The, Colorado is now a destination where a lot of big-time football players are saying, I ain't going there. Right. Now, can you imagine? Dude, I got a chance to play for Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. I, I might get a chance to meet, you know, uh, Little Wayne, The Rock. Deion yeah. yeah, uh, put us on a national map. I, so Georgia and Alabama now have another another thorn in their side that they have to deal with in terms of recruiting now. Because if Travis Hunter, who was the number one prospect coming out of high school, 
followed Dion to, to Jackson State and then turned around and went with him yeah. to Colorado. Yep. How many more top 10, top 12 recruits are they going to get? That's the thing. He's going to kill the West Coast. Uh, you know what I mean? He'll, oh, he's, got, he's got ties to Texas, obviously. Uh, he's got yeah. ties to Florida, where he's from. Yes. So he's going to be able to grab from such a big pool. And, and then it starts becoming only a matter of, you know, how long is he going to stay there? Will he make a jump to, to the NFL? I, mean, I know we're getting way ahead he, of ourselves. He keeps, now, he keeps saying he will never jump to the NFL. He keeps saying that. And... But you know what? Money talks. You know, money talks. Money and also to be able to do it at the highest level has got to talk yes. to some degree, too. You know what, you know? though? I, I, I might be like the Brian Dawkins and the Jeremiah Trotters who, who have told me, and, and, and even the Hugh Douglases have told me, man, I, I don't want to coach these NFL players. And they, these kids coming to the NFL nowadays, D-Gun, they're not what we were when we came through the ranks, man. Yeah. You need 53 psychologists to coach these kids nowadays coming into the NFL. Yeah. Whereas at the, at the college ranks, you still have an overall firmer grasp an impressionable 18 to 22 year olds. That's true. Once these kids get paid, it's like they, they lose their minds now that they've made it to the NFL. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, they're, you're right. I mean, they, they get the pay they're getting. It's just a different system. I got you in, in, in the, in the college game, you know, that's, that's for sure. But and you so know what? Far, yeah. I'm sorry. Eagles fan is, is correct. The good old boys club at the college game hate what Dion is doing. It's true. Because oh, he's, yeah. thrown, he's thrown to tradition to the wind. It's not how you go about recruiting, even coaches. It's not how you go about recruiting. It's unethical. It's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's everything we don't stand for. Now, all of a sudden, you got to say, um, we may have to change the way we think now. Because Dion's not going to change. No. I, I, and, and there are some – like, I don't think you're going to see a bunch of stars standing on the sideline at an Alabama game. Like, I, I just think it, it's just different. And that – appeals to younger people uh the way Dion's going about things um and and I think look you can be stubborn all you want and if you're Nick Saban maybe you can you can get away with it yes. certain guys can but you watch you're going to start seeing other college coaches you know playing this the way Dion's playing it mark my words it's only a matter of time before you that starts to, happening. you got to fight fire with fire yes you know? Well now, granted, a lot of these other coaches don't have the name. The name just Deion Sanders because he's on TV commercials. He's been in, in network studios doing pregame shows. He's been so visible since Jackson State. Jackson State was the perfect testing ground for Deion for what he wanted to do. Yep. Because think about just think about the fan interest Jackson State generated. With look how quick he turned that program around and got him to a national championship game. Absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that he gave you this behind-the-scenes access at his practices, in his locker room, driving up and down the highways with his sons. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I still remember a clip when he was at Jackson State and he's driving around on his spacious property in Texas during Christmas holidays, and him and one of his sons were out shooting guns. And one of the guns uh, sparked, the, the, the grass was so dry. He goes, and he headlines it, the dumbest father and son combination ever. And you see this dry grass catching on fire. Dude, that got so many views, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And now he's at Colorado. And why did he pick Colorado of all places he could have gone to? Why Colorado? Well, uh, he said that the athletic director gave him the leeway to do it the way he wanted to do it. Uh, and, you know, and 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 they've they've stuck by what they promised him is, is the thing he keeps talking about with the AD. So, you know. Dude, the AD, the AD is in the locker room with him talking about, give me my theme music. You see well, the AD in the locker room dance? Hey, you see his mom was in the locker room this His past? mom was in there. They had that 90-year-old lady 
who who is a yeah, who's a been a Colorado before. fan forever. Yeah, like he went to her house. He, you know, he's yeah. doing all the right thing. He's doing all the smart things because he's in, he's 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 keeping the folks who stayed through all the bad football, rewarding them while also growing. You know what's there. Like he's 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 been a, like you said, he's a master marketer, and he's just he's played it very well. He's played it very very well. What, what did he say after that game, Mom? What did you always tell me? Be yourself, but also what did she say? Kick bleep along the way or something yeah, like that. Yeah, kick ass or something like that. Yeah. Oh my goodness, and I'm thinking, it, it, my, Mom. Give me my theme music. <laughs> well, you got, the, you got yeah. the rock stand. Do you know in most colleges, Rob, when you start recruiting players, what do you do? You send out these glossy brochures and yeah. you show them how many national championship games we've been in and the alumni players that we've sent to the NFL. You know what Dion sends out? Videos of the locker room in his practice session. <laughs> yeah. You're saving the, you're saving the university a lot of money for recruiting. I yes, I got you. Oh, uh, how about this? So the USC Colorado game, which is September 30th, will yes. be played noon Eastern time because it's the Fox oh, oh, big noon game of the day. So that's going to be played at nine or 10 o'clock uh, mountain. And it's in Colorado. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Dude. And, and where are you going to be at noon on that day? Watching that game. <laughs> yeah. Watching that game. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be I can't awesome. wait to see it. Can't no, it's gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. All right, let's do some birthdays. Let's do some movies, and then we'll, as we usually do, we'll close it out with some Eagles here. All right, uh, let's start with birthdays. So, so today, uh, born on this day, nineteen sixty-one, James Gandolfini, who played Tony Soprano. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we lost him very young to a uh, to a heart attack, but uh, it was uh, it's today's his birthday. Uh, Jason Sudeikis plays uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah. Former Saturday Night Live alum. He is 48 years old today. Um, Ben Carson. Ben Carson, who was the uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Did you know that he was also a doctor, the first doctor to uh, successfully separate twins joined at the head? No. I knew he was a doctor. I didn't know that. I read that. I'm like, I had to read it twice. I'm like, what? Yeah, he was the first man to separate successfully uh, twins who would join at the head, man. No, oh, man. <laughs> you talk. You talk about like. You imagine the pressure that's on you doing that. Like we think we we have pressure in our jobs, and you you, you know, you're you're operating on two people, who literally whose heads are joined together and, and trying to keep them alive. Man, that that is unbelievable. No, no, that's that's you know oh. talking about steady hands making the right decision. I mean, because any wrong decision is. It could be fatal. I mean, geez. Um, uh, the actor James Marsden is uh, is fifty years old today. The uh, the great soccer player out of Hershey, Pennsylvania, Christian Pusilic is is phenomenal. By the way, he mm. plays for Team USA and over in Europe. He's twenty four years old. Aisha Tyler. Aisha is a is an actress and a host. She's a, I always thought she was good in everything she's in. I don't see her a ton anymore. But no, she, I don't either. Yeah, she's she was always good. 53, uh, Greta Garbo from back in the day, actress, uh, 1905, she was born. Fred Willard, the actor-comedian, born on this day, 1933. Holly Robinson-Pete, Rodney's wife, Philadelphia gal, is 59 today. Her dad, dad, did you know this? Her dad uh, was in The Electric Company. You remember that show after Sesame Street? Absolutely. Yeah, her dad was was an actor and a... And a stage guy and did a lot of different things. I did not know. Yep. 
Tony Kukoc is 55 years old today, is Tony. Serge Ibaka, 34 years old, NBA player. Lance Armstrong. You ever see the 30 for 30 on him? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, man. <laughs> Check it out. It's it's really well done. It's really good. Seven straight Tour de France. Yeah, but and all the other stuff that you know went on oh, with yeah. him with doping and whatnot. Uh, he's 52 today. Uh, Frankie Avalon, the actor and singer from Philadelphia, is 83. Uh, Jack Warden uh, was born on this day, the actor, 1920. Victor Hovland, the uh, the phenomenal golfer, uh, is 26 years old today. Exhibit yep. is 49 today. He was he had to, he was great with like cribs and stuff like that, and he would. Pimp then he my, did cars. I love this show, Pimp my ride. Yeah, Pimp my ride was awesome. Some of these cars. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, Allison Lohman, the actress, is 44. Dennis Johnson, former uh, Celtic, Seattle Supersonic great. He passed away young as well. Sadly, he was born on this day, 1954. He was a hell of a player. Yeah, Phenomenal def- defensive player, too, man. Um, Daryl Stingley, who we talked about before, Derek, mm-hmm. uh, sadly uh, yeah. was paralyzed in a game uh, at, the, at a very young age. I think he was 26 or 27. Uh, he died young. He was born on this day, 1951. His uh, grandson, of course, is playing uh, for the Texans. Houston Texans, first-round draft pick. Yep. Uh, yep. Billy Sims, who was a great running back uh, for the Lions, uh, was, was 68. Sims. Yeah, what a player. What a player. And Adoree Jackson, uh, who's had a, carved out a nice career for himself in the, yep. in the NFL. Yep. 28 years old. Any other uh, Any other birthdays? You got Dee Dee Ramone, uh, one of the founding uh, members of the uh, singing group, the Ramones. Yep. Born on this day in 1951. The great soccer player Ronaldo is yep. 47 on this day. Uh, Nina Ariana from the movie Tower Heist is 39. Ari uh, Leyendike uh, Jr., the auto racer, 42 on this day. Okay. Uh, Leon, Leon Askins. Who played uh, General Burkhalter on Hogan's Heroes? Oh, yeah. On this day in 1907. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Beth Grant uh, played the movie Donnie Darko, uh, 74. Ryan Sandberg, the great Ryan Sandberg, is 64 today. Great player, not a great uh, manager. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kevin Dotson, the offensive guard for the Rams, is 27. Okay. Uh, Robert Blake, the actor, is 90, still with us, 90 years old. Is he still around? Oh, my God. Still around. Not, Rick Patino, 71. Wow. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is 52 today. Damn. Uh, Tommy Tuberville, who was a great football coach at Auburn, Ole Miss, Texas Tech, Cincinnati. It was a U.S. senator to Alabama. He's 69 today. Okay. Uh, the great Scotty Bowman, the coach. Oh, man. Uh, one of most his, one of the most regular season games in the history of the NHL. Yep. Won nine Stanley Cups. You know, what yeah, are you doing all those things? What are you doing all those things, man? Yeah. Well, the way he closed it out with Detroit was just insane. I mean, yeah. The run that he went on there. Oh my God. Uh, he's still with us. Ninety years old, Rob. Yeah. Yeah. And he was here. How many? Wasn't he? Was he in uh, Philly for Bowman? No. No. Okay. No. Um. All right. Let's go some movies here. Some good ones. Rush Hour. The original One of my favorites, 1998. Why did I think that that came out before that? But 1998, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs was a cute, cute little uh, okay. uh, movie. 2009, Fatal Attraction that changed some habits of of uh, a lot of, of men. Of men, let me tell you, that was a game changer in, in, during that era. 
You know, the funny thing was, look at how many magazines, uh, big time magazines, magazines also came out with articles about stories about fatal attractions. Yes. Um, right after that movie just blew up. Yeah. And I'm talking about major publications came out with these in-depth art articles and you go like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Careful, fellas. Let's let's be let's be careful out there, as they say. Um, streetcar named Desire, Derek, yeah. uh, one yeah. of the all timers, Marlon Brando from back in the day, 1951. Black Mass, which was Johnny Depp as Whitey Bulger, the uh, the, the crime uh, lord in Boston area for years. That was 2015. Antebellum came out in 2020. Very yeah, good. Movie. I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch that mess. Too I much. Watch yeah, I'm watching that mess. No. Too much. I got you. It's like yeah. one of them horror type man. Yeah, that's all right. No. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, what else do you have? Movies. Oh, one of my all-time favorites, Sicario. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see all all, all of the uh, Sicarios? No, I did not. I've only seen the first one. No. Oh, you got to see the follow-up. You okay. got to see that. That one came out in 2015. Imperfect came out in 2021. Right. Uh, the, the cute movie Cooties came out in 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maze Runner, The Scorch Trials came out in 2015, and Jennifer's Body came out in 2009, and Day of the Dead came out in 2005. Day of the Dead? Yeah. Okay. 2005, yep. I like it. I like it. All right, so we sit here, Derek, and the big question is, oh, let me let me mention this too. Uh, very good news on this front. Yes. So we heard on Saturday that Charlie Manuel, former Phillies manager, yes, had a stroke while he thankfully he was at the hospital already getting some some testing and, and a checkup done had a, I had a, it was having a procedure done yeah, yeah and and he had a stroke they, they 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 removed a blood clot they were even the family said it's touch and go like we need to see how he does today and it could really de determine his you know per future health so the good news is his wife missy who's the nicest person you'll ever meet uh put a statement out yesterday saying good news doctors are encouraged uh, he had movement on his left side. He was recognizing faces and pictures and, and having positive, you know, sort of interaction uh, yeah, with people. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we, we, we've both been around him, Derek. He is a, as good a guy, as nice a person, as, as positive a spirit, funny, quirky guy as there yes, is. So yes. thankful, thankful for that. Just, um, just like, just a good old country boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. down to earth, yep. gracious to everybody he meets and talks to. Yep. And so you know, I'm so happy that the news is, is is positive at this time for him. Yeah. And he's tough, man. He's been through a lot in his life, uh, a lot health wise, you, you know. So yeah. if anybody can can battle it, 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 it'll be Charlie for sure. So anyway, that's they wanted to end it on a positive note because that that is real good stuff right there. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to thank everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Uh, we had a, we had a combo effort of tone earlier tone to shields and xander kraus uh to, to he came in as the closer yep. in this one so yep. we appreciate them as well and uh don't go anywhere you have dan cilio with the uh, national football show coming your way and then at six o'clock dan's interview uh with the rock so that should be that should be awesome to check out what's going on there man so we appreciate everybody hanging out with us again don't go anywhere oh and tomorrow jeff mcclain jeff mcclain we'll tomorrow so we'll continue to talk the birds as we uh, we look ahead to the Bucks game. Gunner, have a good one. Appreciate everybody. See you guys same place, same time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Appreciate it.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.